Episode 123, the guys are here. Say hi, guys. Hola. What's up? Hola. And of course, that would be Nick, Justin, and Jesse. Did you guys watch the opening ceremonies of the Olympics tonight? No, I did not. Nope. Nope. You know, I, I know it's not helicopter related, but I think it's worth mentioning. <laughs> you know, Russia's pretty concerned about how the rest of the world perceives them, and they want to show this grandiose open ceremony thing. I know some of you out there saw this. You know, they do this huge production and at the end the Olympic rings, the five rings, you know, these mm-hmm. snowflakes come fall, these huge snowflakes mm-hmm. come out of the sky and they form mm-hmm. these rings. <laughs> the fifth the fifth ring didn't didn't happen. It stayed a snowflake and like the the president of Russia sitting there like, "Oh, somebody's going to get their head cut off for that." <laughs> so See, I'm trying. Head cut off. I'm trying to decide how many of our Russian listeners I'm going to offend, but I mean, holy shit! The, I know what the problem is. The problem is they tried to make that out of concrete. Out of concrete? Yeah, you guys. That's an old Russian joke. Remember, I, Justin? You, you've heard that, right? They made their I... space station out of concrete. They make everything out of concrete because it's cheap. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on, guys. True. Keep up. Keep up. Okay. Anyway, well, I'm sorry. You dated yourself. <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here we are, episode 123. Winter is back, and it's beautiful. Urgh. The weather is beautiful out there. I'm, I'm sticking with <laughs> if that a, theme. If you're a snowman. <laughs> if you're a snowman and you don't mind, <laughs> like, snowman. minus yeah. 40 degrees. Dude, if you're an ice cube farmer, you are living large. You are good to go. <laughs> it's, it, is time to, <laughs> it is time to reap, right? If you are the ice man. But no, it's it's horrible. I, it, there's absolutely no flying to be had. I mean, it's it is so cold that my balls freeze. God. Just right, God's country. Well, we talked about this the other night. It, it's it does a couple things. I'm not going to let we uh, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. <laughs> he snuck. We were, we were just talking about freezing genitalia. That's intriguing to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to continue along that theme. See, the cold weather. It is God's country, but the cold weather keeps the pussies away. Yep. That's that's true. Yeah. And as Nick Freely That's why admitted, I am like all the way up against the water. I couldn't get any farther away from <laughs> yeah. you without getting wet. <laughs> so did anybody get any flying in this week? I mean at all? Oh. I Really? We should that's shut silence. we should shut this this thing down now. No, really? I did. Oh, you did? I did. Absolutely. Well, I, I think did. you should go first. On the sim? Got? No. Yeah, that doesn't count. I did. I went out last Saturday. And the micro doesn't count either. No, no. Well, I it wouldn't Saturday. count as flying, even if it did count. It's kind of, yeah. it's like, it's moving from crash to crash. Yeah, no kidding. That is, ugh. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Nick just took it, man. I think there was something He must be defeated. 
No, I'm not. I am very. I actually have. Uh, so I have a little update on the Nano, uh, the brushless motor review. I have it apart. Uh, I will be taking pictures and putting it together this weekend in stock form. It's not my favorite. About that, <laughs> it's not particularly my favorite. I have a high expectation. Well, I mean, seriously, yeah. you're coming from a guy who doesn't fly micros and flies has a rack of seven hundreds. It just doesn't. The poor little thing never had a chance. It, they don't. I I am going to still give it an honest objective. But here know. here's the thing about that though. The thing is, if a micro can win you over, then it's on to something. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, that's and a that's good why point. I am a, I am very excited to get it finished. But dude, I went out last Saturday. Uh, trailers are god. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, seriously, to be able to go out there, open up the back doors. Now, I don't have, eventually I'm going to put that, uh, uh, what, like a ventless propane heater in there, mm-hmm. I think, is my plan. Uh, I don't have that all set up yet. Kind of ran out of funds for a while. So uh, all I'm doing, because obviously, you know, it's a little bit windy, it's cold, the doors are open, people, so don't flip out. <laughs> I take my propane heater. And I put it at the end of the trailer sure. and, like, point it towards the inside. Yeah. So it blocks all the wind. And, you know, I'll be damned, it's very reasonable yeah. inside there. Like, it, it contains some of the heat. I can chill. So uh, me and my little man went out there. Uh, a buddy of mine, Scott, came up uh, from down south, got some flying in. It was pretty cold. It was definitely cold. <laughs> uh, didn't get <laughs> Now, was it? Was it? Freezing cold or substantially cold? Yeah, or? substantially cold. No, That's it was thing. only substantially cold. Okay. Uh, because it was, uh, I mean, 40. Oh, dude. Oh, it no, wasn't no, Montana cold. Out. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like, like shorts and a t-shirt. No, I, I used my transmitter glove. At but, 40? But it was windy. Yeah. Right? Was, windy. <laughs> was it windy? It was windy. Yeah, yeah it, was it was windy. windy. It was windy. <laughs> If I would have had, I need a transmitter glove for my face. That's what I need. The I need a whole body on transmitter. My, glove. On my hands, might have been I will, chipped. I will tell all the listeners right now that uh, if you do come to our RC Heli Nation Fun Fly, and it happens to be similarly cold as the first Fun Fly, then you will get to see Nick in all of his cold hating glory. <laughs> oh God. <Yeah. laughs> I am a True story. just huge giner when it comes to I mean, to once cold. the sun passes high noon, he's got a hoodie and pants on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like my warm weather. But, hey, I flew. Yeah, you did. I did fly. I got <sighs> flights in all across the board, and I have got some flights in on that Raptor. Oh, Oh really? Thoughts? Yeah, and I've um, lots of people been asking me about this one, so I'll kind of give a quick. I'm not going to do a full review it on sucks, it. Right? It sucks. It's a ter- terrible. It, no, I can't say that it sucks. <laughs> um, Damn it! I can't because it hasn't exploded yet. So when that day comes, then I'll say that it sucks. Then we'll, you'll get an update. <laughs> yep. Then we'll get a. It sucks. Morse code. No, it's. It's uh yeah yeah that's it Morse code Morse really code. that was my news well where were you I, you're supposed to lead me into the news <laughs> we're not at the news yet oh no. we're um, not there yet 
No, it's it's uh, it's held together great. It's super smooth and quiet. Wow, very very nice. Um, it's very, very super light. Came in at about eleven point one nine something like that pounds. Now, so it felt weird to fly. First thing was like, whoa, this thing just feels very very weird. Um, being that light, I, I kind of I was messing around with blades. I started out flying it with the Radix 690 V2s. Uh, I just don't like those blades. I think that's the final conclusion. I just don't like those blades. Period. They're just not for Nick. I didn't care for them. So I gambled against all every, what everyone said. I put 696s, the rail 696s on there, which are and 115s, and said, screw it. I'm going for it. And haven't had any problem with it. And that made a huge difference. I do really like the way the rail blades fly. The rails and the compasses are just kind of turning into my my kind of go-to for tuning. Um, it didn't feel floaty even with the 696s on there? It it did. It's got, god damn, <laughs> I think. I mean, same head speed, same pitch setting. And like three quarters of a pound lighter than everything else. Dude, it moves. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. The direction change is just awesome. Makes it very easy to tune, by the way. Does the it head. provide a bit more perspective and appreciation for why Nick Maxwell can just completely dominate the thing because it of does. how light and agile it is? And here's another thing that really made me realize that, uh, that just kind of puts it all into perspective. Number one, it's not quite as floaty as you would think because... And I didn't. I haven't done the exact measurement, but I will. I happened to be walking by those rack of helis and looked over, and something caught my eye. The head is narrower. It's I want to say uh, about twenty millimeters narrower. Oh, so there's so your disc loading right yeah, there. There it is. Equals it out. No, it's it's well, not, maybe no, not quite. It, it doesn't. No, it's definitely light. I mean, it still flies light and and very quick, but it's not as bad as you would think. Um, so that does even it out. But you know what? They took an approach with this that I like. And Nick takes the same approach as well. Like, you know, he's flying with the Castle 120 on there. When you set this thing all up light, it tunes very easy. I mean, very, very easy to tune. And it responds Equally as good, if not better, at a lot lower of a head speed. So there's kind of this, you know, oh, well, yeah, but it's only got dinky this or it's only got that. Oh, I can't use a 120 because of this and because of that. Well, got to remember, that's all very relative to weight as well. It takes a lot more power to haul around a big 13-pound heli than it does an 11-pound heli to get them to kind of, quote-unquote, feel the same. So it's just... It is a uber lightweight 700 class heli, almost like a 650 stretched. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Um, so the weight is something I'll probably end up run, I've got like a 1300 milliamp receiver pack on there. I think I'm going to get like a 22 or maybe a 1900 and then just kind of go with that and, and leave it there and see how it goes. The hmm. battery tray is cool. But damn them for not making those frames just a little bit wider. 
Mm-hmm. You can't fit all your bigger batteries, can you? I've no, they fit. I mean, they do, but it's you know the frames are so narrow that when you put a battery in, like you know, Genze's pack in there on its side, you you know you have to fold the wires over so that bump that the the backpack creates. It, it's just you. It, it's one of those where you know helis that you have to be so precise with your strapping and wire routing method. When you when you make up the battery tray, that any little deviance and something snagging. I mean, it. I can't even fit like an EC three does or an EC five doesn't even like to fit next to the battery and then in between the frame. Oh, oh man! Wow. Yeah. So it's while the tray is awesome, I think, in my opinion, this heli is very catered toward a stick pack. Stick pack, and this would be like. No problem at all. I mean, no problem at all. And then it would be just super, super convenient and very easy. But it's just, it's a narrow frame setup. So I think I'm going to try, I might start messing around with some, see if I can't track some down. I, I might even try, you know, something different. I don't know. Look around and see who else has got some stick packs just to try in there. It's been a been a long time since I've tried something different there. So, <laughs> Is it a keeper? As of right now, yes, but that's the tail gears haven't exploded yet either. Which is we could, we could, get, we could get an update. <laughs> I don't, um, you know, canopy comes on and off really easy. I know a lot of people were, oh well, I want to put it, you know, here and there so I can leave the canopy, dude. That's whatever. I'm not worried about that. It's very easy to get on and off. It's super lightweight. Yeah, I really enjoy the way that it flies. As of right now. Um, yeah, it's definitely more enjoyable to fly than my DFC and right on par with the 700X. Huh. Ooh. Nice. Very nice. It's a contender. It it will stay in there for, unless I have. next three weeks at least. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, right? (laughs) If I have no QC issues, um, you know, no longevity issues or, or random parts breaking. I don't see any reason to get rid of it, honestly. Nice. Past that, dude, that's that. No, it's just been lots of behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> that uh, That's definitely a better first impression than we got from Justin 770. Yeah. That's, that's that very, is very, very true. true. <laughs> it is absolutely true, <laughs> and that's something that it does exceptional. Well, I noticed that it was very forgiving on the head tuning as far as head speeds, and uh, there's it's it's kind of got like a bit of anti bobble built into it. But a lot of that really is the the disc loading and the weight on it. So, mm. yeah, yeah, that's that's all I. Ha- I don't think I've got. Damn, is that all I have? That's a. I guess uh, so. Yeah. All right. Well, who's next? I know. I know. Jesse got some flying in. I, that's. <laughs> Damn, I'm gonna have to disappoint on this one. Oh, dude. Oh, no fly. We are. <laughs> I mean, not not quite as cold as uh, Montana over there, but yeah, it's been cold, man. That's for sure. It's been pretty cold. It's been zero or below. Definitely this last week, it just the last two days, it started snowing, so it came up to about 15 degrees. We have about five or six inches of snow out there right now, with it still snowing right now. Yeah. So it's supposed to snow through Monday. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't even want to think about how much snow that's going to put on the ground. <laughs> so yeah, definitely no flying in the last week. I did, however, last Saturday, it, it, it was still a heli day, even though I didn't necessarily fly. I probably worked on helis for about six hours throughout the day. So that was, that was great to just be able to, you know, just put some music on and have kind of a build day. I had I mentioned last week I got in some new Gen Z's packs, so I had to go through and make up some flight packs, which for me, that means, you know, soldering on some EC5 connectors, um, putting balance lead extensions on the batteries so that those are nice and accessible because for the 7HV, they are in a stick pack configuration. So I just kind of put a balance lead extension on and hang them off the back. So that way, when I put them on the charger, everything reaches nice and easy. So I went through and did that. Um, I did end up trying, I was talking to Nick a little bit last week. I ended up trying a little bit of shoe goo. I know we kind of, we kind of made, we'd made a little, we'd made some fun of it in the past, but from what you guys had been saying, you said it stays (laughs) just a little bit more flexible than the hot glue does. You know, Mm -hmm. it does take the 12, you know, whatever it took to dry, basically did it before I went to bed and left it. And by the next afternoon, it was good to go. Um, but to support so on the Gen's Ace packs, the bat the uh, battery wires kind of come out at like a you know right out the top, and so I usually like I've mentioned in the past as well I've had them actually come loose internally you know you start getting three four hundred flights on a set of packs I've had the internal solder connection I guess come loose so I really like to take the time and make sure that those wires are very well supported right where they come out of the battery because right as soon as they come out since they're in a stick pack. They bend right back at another 90 degree angle. So I got, went ahead and put some shugu there on all the packs that I made up. So we will I'll have to see how that holds up. So far, it, it looks great. Um, when I bent the wires back, it didn't break connection and it seemed to uh, seemed to hold them really well. So Dan's heart just grew. It does. It does. I <laughs> <know>. <laughs> and, and before you go on, I need to clarify something because <laughs> look. Nick was the unfortunate recipient of an experiment. <laughs> Which the was just like, how much up. can I fit exactly. on this fly like, If a little shoe glue is good, a lot must be better. That was an awesome yeah. experiment. Well, I've learned. I mean, I, I got to vicariously learn that a lot of shoe glue is not a good thing. I love shoe glue. No. And I a use little it. will do the job. A little does the job. And it works fantastically. I mean... I've gone so far as to, you know, the Futaba receivers, they got the wires. They're a little bit longer. Yeah. than So what I've done, especially on the 700, is I'll just take two little pieces of, of electrical tape and I'll put it up on either side of where I want to put just a dab, a teeny dab mm-hmm. of Shugu on the wire onto whatever I need to attach it to. And just, just a dab, not, not, not a half a tube. Not a glob. And I let it dry overnight, and then I take the tape off, and it's just an absolute secure. It's attached well. It's not. It, it works great. I use it. I use a lot of that shit. Does it? It doesn't ruin it when you need. If you need to pull it off. No. All you got to do is take an exacto knife, and I, I'm, I got to emphasize a teeny dab. I mean, I don't even know. T- <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I mean, the size about the same round as maybe a pencil eraser. You know, and mm-hmm. maybe just a couple millimeters high, just enough to get over the wire. And then all you do is you take your exacto knife, get right behind it, slide it down, it's off. Hmm. Works perfect. I've I have to say that 
I am. God, man, <laughs> it's gonna kill you. It's killing you. Uh-oh. It is going to kill me, but I can say that since I have tried it, I have yet to use hot glue. Yeah. See, it's... and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play the devil's advocate on this one. I have a I have a tube of of shugu. I have used it in the past. I've had bad luck with it. I've had it come out. I've had it come loose. I've had it degrade in quality, and so now all I use is hot glue. And yes, hot glue is a horrible pain in the butt to get out. I agree with that. But when I do something in hot glue, I know with 100% confidence that stuff is not coming loose. Yeah. I still did my... So the wires that go into my receiver and my flyboilers unit, I still did put the bead of hot glue on them. I did not use the sugar for that. And that's where I'm like sold on uh, at the like at the icon across the top uh-huh. because it it it's just so much easier to peel off i mean i've had hot glue depending on and, and maybe that's it i've had certain like dude i'll go down to like um oh what's the name of that ghetto place down the road jesse help me harbor freight harbor i'll go down there <laughs> ghetto place. and right, get like ghetto. a a tube oh hot glue you know, it comes in a big bundle, like 50 sticks of it or something. For and like half cents. of them, yeah, for 25 <laughs> cents. Half of them are perfect. Like they come off perfect. The consistency's yep. great. And then some of them, for some odd reason, dude, it's like I will, I have actually ripped plastic servo connectors apart trying to get it off. Huh. So that's what I got I've frustrated had- with. Yeah, I've had good luck with it. Just grab one end with a pair of, you know, really fine needle nose pliers, and I can usually just peel the whole strip right off. You know what I uh, use? I, what? 3M gray. Double-sided. Yeah, with only one bad. piece of the red. Well, <laughs> I won't do it because it looks bad. It well, I think that bad. the hot glue <laughs> and the then the shugu can look bad, too, dude. Not well, I mean, I've seen it on some, like Dan not does. Just nice I've seen some feed. jobs where it's like, dude, <laughs> what was that? Like, yeah. Well, there is a little bit of skill involved. Yeah, you got to do a nice, consistent beat all yep. the way across. It looks fine. Nice and clear. Hardly even notice And here's it. another trick to that to make it so it stays looking good is, uh, well, when I first started using it, I had a tendency like, oh, that's, I put too much or too little and i try to move it with my finger and it takes the grease the oil off of your finger yep. and it turns it opaque instead of nice and clear yep and then then it does really look ghetto i mean i don't know if it's it's probably still as effective i don't know but if you just put a nice smooth bead across the top let it sit come back the next day and it's just a nice clear almost silicone yeah looking. done you know where I've actually, when I redid all of my helis with uh, receiver packs, I am now using it around the back of the EC3. Yep, I did that as well. To support the wire coming out of the EC3. And I was actually not sparing with it around there. I kind of put a fair amount of goober on and then yeah. hung it up and let it kind of run down the wire. Dude, it's like awesome it's- cushion. It gives you better grip to pull yeah, them it's, apart. It's kind of the same theory as our balance lead extensions on our charging cases. You know how you built up the hot glue there to almost give you kind of like a handle or something to grab when you're pulling those balance leads apart? Yep. It's kind I of the it. same idea. I did get a chance this last week. So since I got the sim working 
very well on parallels now. I actually have the graphics up to medium and have zero glitches or anything with the... I mean, the response is great from the transmitter now that I got parallels all the way tuned up, which did take a little bit of time. I did fly the sim quite a bit this last week. Um, probably four or five nights. So nearly nearly every night this last week, I'm really trying to get back into... I haven't learned a new maneuver in quite a while. So I really want to get back into, you know, sit down, start watching some flight videos, make the list again. And I, I'm, it's time to start pushing it again. You know, summer and the flying season is going to be here before we know it. Yeah. So I, I really want to start learning some stuff and that's all going to start with the sim. So I'm getting back into it now with that. I did get the crazy idea. So I started messing around with the 8FG and then I'm holding the real flight transmitter and I'm like, man, these sticks seem, I run my sticks pretty, a pretty loose stick tension. Um, for a lot of pirouing maneuvers on the cyclic, I don't like to feel the clunking of the aileron and the elevator as I go around. So I, I run my stick tension pretty loose. So that's not a very, um, so I don't really feel that in the stirring maneuvers. And so I got the idea to pull apart the real flight transmitter and discovered the uh, the springs are non-adjustable. But you can stretch them just a little bit. <laughs> oh, jeez. In fact, you can stretch them so much that they are too loose. <laughs> oh. oh. So it it does feel better. I was still flying it like that. It's and it we're talking so little, but I can, you know, it does make a difference when you're trying to and you're trying to do like TikToks where you where you need that little bit of tension to feel, you know, if I'm doing elevator TikToks, am I feeding in a little bit of aileron? You just, you need that yeah. little bit of response there. And it's there, but it's just not quite enough. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to go to the hardware store and maybe see if I can find something. If not, then I'll probably have to order some, which I'm not even... I haven't even looked yet since it was just yesterday. I haven't even looked at where I could do that. Um, but but I'm I'm definitely thinking that the uh, the real flight transmitter is gonna need some new springs in it. <laughs> That's it's, awesome, dude. Yeah, and, and it was funny because I was I was reading through the thing online. You know, like, are they adjustable? Because I, I tore it apart and I didn't see any screws. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm just missing something. I'll just do a quick Google search. Maybe they're adjustable. They're not, but people are like, just, you know, a little bit goes a long way when you're stretching them. And so I just kind of, I, I thought I went just a touch, but apparently <laughs> a little bit goes a very long ways. <laughs> and so, and then other than that, I was trying to use, and maybe someone has some input on this. I I don't think I'm doing anything wrong, but I was trying to use the 8FG um, with real flight. Now I'm not using I, I got real flight used and I don't have the actual real flight trainer cable that came with it. So I'm not sure if that's gonna make a difference or not. I have just a standard four foot Futaba trainer cable that I'm using to hook up my 8FG to the interlink controller and then that's USB into the computer. I'm getting a fairly noticeable leg. I can pick up the real flight transmitter, fly it, it feels great, nice and connected to the to the helicopter. And then I pick up the 8FG and there's definitely something off. And mm. it would be very useful. You know, I really want to use the 8FG with um, with real flight because I feel like part of the problem with not progressing as fast, at least for me, is 
I want everything to feel as realistic as possible. And for me, that means using my 8FG every single night while I'm flying the sim. But right now, that just does not seem... It, it's it's nearly unflyable just because of that little bit of a leg that's there. Huh. So I I don't know if there's any solutions to that, if the, you know, if the real flight cable does make a difference. I use just a trainer cable, and I don't have that issue. But... Yeah, there's there's definitely something now that I've you're gone in. Make me try it again, like back to back with my fourteen. Yeah, and, and, and I was. And... Yep, I was doing it back to back. I'm see the thing is, is I'm not sure if you would notice it. It it's like it's slight, but it's enough that if you're going back to back, and or I'm sure if you went real life to eight FG on the sim, you would you would notice a disconnected feeling. Hmm. I would think you would notice it if you went from interlink to eight. Or, you know, for me, 14 SG. Yep. Just back to back. Fly it, fly it, unplug it, grab the other one, fly it again. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And there was, (laughs) there's definitely something a little off there. I I went in and tried pulling all of the expo, you know, dropping a bunch of expo, trying to get it more sensitive around center. I just, I couldn't get it to where it it felt, felt good, nice and connected. So Hmm. I'm definitely investigating that. But that, that's something I really, really want is to be able to use that 8FG. So I'm it's definitely I'm not giving up on it. I'm looking into it. And so we will see where that takes me. I, I think cool. that's it. Is that it? That's that's it. No flying, but definitely some hard stuff going on. You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gen's Ace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com, enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. I get the no fly as well. No fly. No fly. It's, I'm not going to say the same thing. It was colder than usual this week, but it wasn't Montana, which, (laughs) which actually I got a story on that. One of our listeners who I think lives close to you, Dan, Ken, Ken, actually it's Ken Saloy or Salois or however you think it's supposed to be pronounced. Well, I think it's uh, Salois, but he says it's Salloway. So he sends me a private message (laughs) on Facebook and he says, well, something like, well, I'm heading back to Antarctica. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking to myself, whoa, dude, is he really like going to Antarctica? What the hell is in Antarctica? And then I see it's just a picture of his dashboard temperature sensor on his car Mm -hmm. that says like minus 33 F. (laughs) It's like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so yeah, it was in the twenties here, but with a wind, uh, with a breeze, it's just, it's horrible. 20 degrees with even a five or 10 mile an hour wind will just rob the energy from you. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get any flying in. I did spend a good amount of time getting my garage and work area cleaned up. Uh, you know, still doing a little bit of maintenance on the goblin, uh, or actually, sorry, not the goblin. The whiplash gasser. We talked a little bit about that last week. Found another fastener that 
may or may not have been <laughs> in the helicopter. <laughs> Won't go into the details there. It wasn't a critical one, but it, it was a missing screw. So, and you know, actually, I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I've been talking to Carrie Shirley probably over the last easily eight to ten months about other different gasser kits that are out there, like conversion kits for the 700, that sort of a thing. And I'm wondering whether this season I should give another airframe a try, not just the whiplash gasser. In other words, just pull all the hardware out, put it on one of those conversions, because there are a couple of really cool conversions out there. Don't know whether I'm going to pull the trigger on that or not yet, but and and I still think that the Whiplash probably represents the most evolved specific gasser design. But for whatever mm -hmm. reason, I just I I feel like tinkering on the gasser. So just we'll see. Go with it, dude. I may may pick it. up like a Helibug or there's a really awesome Australian one. I think it's called the Helix or something like that. I don't know. There may have only been like five or six of them made, but. There are a couple of options out there. Yeah. But this week, the biggest thing has been, as you guys have probably already seen on Facebook, I received the Goblin Speed Kit. <laughs> oh, yes. Dude. Is it, is it nice. sexy? Is it sexy? The, well, okay. Here's the first. Uh, just let's, we'll spend a minute or two on first impressions. I got this box. And I'm looking. You don't. You don't get the kit box from the in the mail, right? It's covered with like a nondescript cardboard box. And I'm looking at this thing, and it's like, did they send me two kits? This thing is freaking enormous. Like it's the regular length of a helicopter, but the width is gigantic. And I'm like, I don't. I don't understand. We'll get it home. We'll open it up and see what's going on. Sure enough, I open it up. And it is the size of this cardboard box. Like, they, they didn't just stuff a bunch of padding in there. And I still couldn't appreciate what it was that was making the kit box that large. Then I opened it and went, and what do you do when you open the kit box, right? What's the first thing you go to look at? Canopy. Dude, the canopy. The, the canopy. canopy. The canopy. Oh, my God, dude. It is enormous. I, I did not have an appreciation for it looking at the photos and the diagrams. The canopy is an absolute freaking work of art. And I know people are going to pick me up on this because we had some. I already had some listeners call me out and say, hey, wait a minute. When you guys talked about the goblin speed in the news, you said that it wasn't your cup of tea. Well, looking at it in the pictures, I, I didn't quite get it. But seeing the thing and holding the canopy in my hands, it's an impressive piece of work. It's super heavy duty, and it's got these weird, like, posts in the back to lock it together. So you know how, like, the clamshell comes around the back? On the regular mm -hmm. Goblin, it just sort of sits there. This actually has little posts that clip it together so it doesn't pop open at speed. Hmm. Really impressive. All the rest of the parts are, you know, the standard Goblin parts and whatnot. They do have a cool little sheet at the at the front with the manual that kind of says, hey, this is what speed flying is all about. You should consider this stuff before you go and do it, which I thought was kind of a nice touch. But yeah, so Speed Heli came in the mail. Super psyched about that. Again, thanks to Burt Kammerer, Heli Direct, SAB, Chris Treby for helping us out on that. The, the next steps here will be 
getting into more detail on, you know, the build and what I'm going to put in it. I haven't decided we'll go through that whole journey together. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm super psyched. I got a yellow one for those who wanted to know. There are a lot of people that were gunning for an orange. I didn't get to choose. I just got what they sent, but I'm happy with the yellow. Excellent. Other than that, though, I haven't touched I the sim in two weeks. <laughs> the last time I got on the sim, I got frustrated because for whatever reason, the last time I flew it with Nick's Agile 7.2, I thought it was flying okay, and I, I felt it like it was a comfortable sim model for me, and then I went back to it two weeks ago, and it felt like crap, and I swear I didn't touch anything. I even you haven't flown. Yeah, that probably is what it is. I even <laughs> went back and I deleted the model and re-downloaded it. And I'm like, dude, this flies like crap. What the hell is this? <laughs> and then I took a step back and thought, wait a minute. This is because I haven't actually flown that size heli lately. I've been doing nothing but the Goblin 800 and the Nitro. And that that kind of made me, you know, think that through it really makes a lot bigger of a difference than you think when you're flying different helis in real life than you are on the sim or then you've tuned your sim heli to feel like. So now I feel like I got to go back and play around with stuff because it just, it feels like crap. So there, Nick. Yeah, sorry, Nick. <laughs> yeah. You had it nailed initially, yeah, it looks, but it looks things like have changed. Looks like Nick needs to when, get it 800 so he yeah, can when, tune yes. model. <laughs> when you yeah. get done tuning your uh, your your Grani mod stretched Goblin 700 to an 800, then let me know, and we'll see how that works I'm out. I'm sure I could I could guess. I guess <laughs> uh, I think it'll probably fly like this. It, we'll huh? see whether or not I get any flying in this weekend. It's going to be cold again, at least yeah. cold for here. Yeah. So I don't know. Cold's don't relative. Know. Cold's relative, man. It's it's relative to where you live. But it's true. I um I got a couple new toys this week. Oh, what'd you get? <laughs> I got I got a a quad. What? what? <laughs> Another? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, you had a Hexa before. Yeah, I did have a Hexa. Oh, dude, you are going in deep. No, here's the deal. I bought one of those Proto Xs for $39 from the hobby shop. Oh, the little Estes one. Yeah. Sweet, uh, dude. For one, for one purpose, and that was to annoy people in the office. And it fully served its purpose. It fully <laughs> awesome. worth every penny. Yeah, worth best every... 40 bucks I spent. <laughs> I, in fact... I was annoying people in the office so efficiently that the owner stopped by my office and said, you got to take it home. <laughs> yes. So what, okay. What were you doing exactly to annoy uh, them? You know, I was buzzing them. I was flying over their head, chasing them down the hall. There's this one girl in our office in particular who just was afraid of it. Like it was a bug and <laughs> Well, it's about the size of a bug. It is. I was literally chasing her down the hall with it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was asked politely to take it home. So I haven't flown. What do you, what do you think about it in general, though? You I know, mean, I, is it is it fun beyond terrorizing I mean, people and animals? It's it's. 
I have flown it since I brought it home, but I will. I just haven't. It's not something you think about flying a lot unless you're just, oh, shit, there you go. Let's go fly it. But it's going to be great to tie a piece of yarn to it and just torment my cats. Like, I got to have it. I got to have it. You know, when they start doing that chirping meow thing when there's a like a fly in the window and they start doing that, yep. get all excited. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's going to be perfect for that. I'm sure Gyro is going to destroy the house trying to get it out of the air. Uh, those kind of things. But to be honest with you, if if you got forty bucks, you're looking to just throw forty bucks away, and you want a simple little, just burn uh, it, amazingly stable thing to fly in a very tight area just to pass some time. I, it was money well spent. I mean, I'm just I was shocked at how well it flew. So stable, hmm. unbelievable. But you know, that's the little thing. the 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 big one is. Um, and this is going to require just a bit of background story, but I got another Futaba 14SG sitting right next to me. Brand new. Dude, oh. you have two so here's, 14SGs, here's, here's on. and I don't have um, one. So as most of the listeners know, I got the one modded 14SG. Yeah. And I recently, I I was sent to a, another specialist to assess my wrist function before they had surgery. Mm-hmm. And he had a he had a um a suspicion that they decided to track and test for. And they sent me to the hospital and they took about eight gallons of blood out of me. It felt like that. It wasn't quite that much, but it did feel like that. <laughs> Ran a, a whole series of tests, uh, MRIs, and he he found that um, he found that he feels like I've been not completely but partially misdiagnosed in the last oh. few years. Hmm. The simple matter of the fact is I do have ankylosing spondylitis or or AS, which which it's known is known as. And for the longest time, they've been treating for that, and they. They just kind of stopped the search at that because they figured that was the underlying cause of this pain and discomfort and back problems. Mm -hmm. Well, this rheumatologist said, yeah, it's definitely there. He said, but I have a sneaking suspicion that the more overriding issue is pretty severe rheumatoid arthritis. Now, the reason it wasn't picked up on before uh, was because rheumatoid arthritis, for those of you who aren't aware, it presents bilaterally. In other words, if you get it in one hand, you get it in the other hand in the exact same location. Okay. Okay. It was only presenting in one hand, in my left hand, in wrist. Long story short, they did a bunch of tests for about three weeks, going on four weeks now. I've been on a new medication called methotrexate. You guys have probably seen the commercials. Yep. About a week ago, he told me it's going to take about three, four weeks for it to start to feel it, if it's going to work. About a week ago, I woke up and I went about my daily routine and I just, I couldn't help but notice. I'm like, God, I, I feel like I'm, my my back feels a little more mobile and my hands don't hurt as much. My wrist isn't hurting as much. And um, so this... This was encouraging. 
I I kind of felt like I was struggling with the with the modded radio. I mean, I talked to you guys about it. I really mm-hmm. felt like it was going to be a very limiting thing. Just that knob, although effective, and I could fly with it, and I still am flying with it. I, it really gave me encouragement that I'm going to be able to go back to a standard radio, which is appealing to me. That's something that I would love to be able to do. I kind of jumped the gun, thinking, "Well, I kind of want I want I want both radios. I want to be able to have the modded radio. Uh, should should this flare up or?" something goes wrong i still can fly with the modded radio but i'm i kind of was like well if if i have the standard radio i can fly i I, if my wrist is feeling good enough i can fly it and i can hopefully progress with it It, it's going to be counterproductive i know that i get that but see i'm i'm trying to will myself into using this radio so i just bought one i i uh i was like you know what i'm just gonna get it and um I don't know. I'm, I'm encouraged. I, I really feel like this is going to be a, a big change, and and uh, so I'm hoping for the best. So I went ahead and bought another 14 SG. So I now have, dude. That's awesome, though. It is. Yeah, it's yeah great. that that is good. It is that's good news. Sweet. And I go I go in to the doctor next week. They're going to do some more blood tests, and they're going to see if the antigens that they're looking for are affected by this medication, and if it if it is, then we know we're on to something and uh, we can continue down that road of therapy. You know, they got me off prednisone and this is obviously this turned into more of a topic than maybe, you know, but I, it, I, I just felt like there was an explanation that needed to be had. So that's what's going on. That's why I decided to get the radio. Was it a little premature? Yeah, I think it might have been, but I'm just that hopeful and I wanted, I want to be able to fly the standard radio. So I bought one. And it's sitting right next to me, and I'm excited to hopefully be flying it in a month or two. So, Sweet, yeah. dude. There you go. <laughs> That's what's new with me. No flying, obviously. The weather is uh, ridiculously cold. And when I say ridiculously cold, yesterday it was minus 23 degrees in the middle of the day. Oh, dude. <sighs> I, I, don't even, I don't even have a concept of what that means, honestly. You know, it. we've had... This is the second brutal cold snap that we've had yeah the first one was it got cold like this but only in the middle of the night this has been persistent and today today it warmed up it was like it felt like a heat wave got got up to like three degrees (laughs) wow yeah there's a heat wave and the snow (laughs) the snow started falling uh, again and like jesse it's just continually piling up and uh but it stopped again because now we're back into the, you know, minus 13. I think it is right now out there. The rush, I haven't had a chance to, uh, the batteries have come in. I haven't had a chance to, I'm on call this week at work. So yeah, that kind of puts a kibosh on any existence for the week. I will tell you guys, you'll probably be able to guess. I'm not going to say, but. Somebody I know is going to have a 7HV in a day or two. Yeah? Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> person has good taste. And, Dan uh, finally pulled the trigger on a compass. Uh, yeah, so um, he's excited. Uh, I'm excited for him. He's, he's really excited to get, the, to get into a, a 700. And, uh, you know, he's been building that on that rush for me and... He decided he didn't want to rush because of the high 
parts count. It's ridiculously high. And um, he was almost talked into buying a, a rave. Um, I talked him out of it. <laughs> pretty, pretty I don't okay. feel that's all that bad. Dude. <laughs> I Look, I wanted him to... I, I was encouraging him to go with one of two helicopters and a line or a compass. It aligns simply from the fact that he is familiar and a compass mm-hmm. compass because you know low parts count i think he's not going to really struggle building it i think he's going to have a good time nah be fine yeah so that's all that's all i've been up to Big awesome news. good week i'm hoping uh here's hoping i can get i can start flying that standard radio hopefully uh soon and we can uh Stop worrying about progressing with that knob. I was I was really truly concerned about it, to be honest with you. It just felt cumbersome. No. You know? It feels cumbersome. It's, I think that's fair. Um I I was mentioning I can't remember if I talked about this last week, but uh if I did, I apologize. But it was I you know, doing maneuvers that you know you can do and just freezing up because it's like you gotta turn. Okay, go ahead, turn. Turn. Yep. And you just like well, how do I turn? I don't know how to turn anymore. And then all of a sudden it comes yeah. back and you do it. So, and that's just the stuff. Even people that I, I were watching me fly were like, "Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, you know, the radio that's obviously affecting your ability to fly. You're not flying anything like you were." And uh, hmm. thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that observation. <laughs> thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> but nonetheless, the idea is I'll have both radios and. If I can fly one, great. If I can, if I can't, then I've got the modded radio, so we're good to go. Awesome, and nice. that's uh, that's kind of what's new here. Yeah, cool. What uh, what do you say we go into some news? What do you think? Yeah, we better do that. Let's do it. Impulsiveness. It's something us heli pilots have learned to accept and love. Sometimes we're feeling a bit impulsive and just feel like skimming through a website to see if anything jumps out at us. With their large variety of helicopter and multi-rotor kits, parts, and accessories, you'll be sure to find something at HeliPros to scratch that itch. So head on over to www.helipros.com to check out what they've got. week's news is brought to you by helidaily.com your daily rc helicopter news magazine what do we got for news this week nick all right so this could not be any more ironic but what do you know granny mod is actually going to be putting out a goblin speed for real flight just for justin i mean just for justin (laughs) (laughs) because they know i mean granny granny knows that justin is I mean, turning into the just he he's got to have them all. There will be a five hundred. There's yeah. going to no, be no, SAB. no, 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 and Absolutely, and pretty soon, I, I mean, he's going to have like the Angry Birds canopy. And, oh, oh yeah, it's just it's oh, dude. I I yep. I, I, want, I would I would I'd bed. rather have the Hello Kitty canopy before the Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged. Yeah. No, so, uh, yeah, I don't think it's quite out yet, but keep uh, checking. 
keep checking, and, and that should be out soon. Does it work Phoenix. for 6.52 or just 7? Because it says for real flight 7. And I'm that, too lazy I'm to sure. have updated mine to 7 yet. You know, you need to and just get it over with because right. all the cool people are. I mean, I'm really. not. Don't worry, Justin. You haven't done it yet, Jesse? Neither have no. I. Okay. Not all, all right. The cool See? So that kind of that kind of like I said, all the cool people are. <laughs> and as I was going to say, that that kind of throws that theory right out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the flip side of that, Phoenix. Do you happen to remember that simulator? Wait, wait a minute. Wow, a, they have got Phoenix. That's a town, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, Phoenix Five. And so I'm thinking, holy crap. Here we go, right? They're back in the game. They've been hiding all this time, and they're going to come out huge. Uh, I really don't know how to put this any other way other than... <laughs> uh, we have all-new airplane physics. Oh, jeez. Rebuilt yeah. from the ground well, up for enhanced realism and accuracy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they know where their uh, maybe they know where their market share is, and that's where they focused. I guess uh, they got Phoenix Builder. It's uh, they're calling it like a companion toolkit that lets you create new models, flying sites, and and color schemes. A little bit of an expanded model editing system, which I still Phoenix has a far superior model editing uh, than Real Flight does. New start screen with customizable tiles for easy access to commonly used models. Ooh. <laughs> Do you have to pay for the upgrade? Uh, no, it's a free upgrade. Hey. They've got some new models in there. 350QX, the Blade 700X, uh, Park's Own Visionaire, and some other planks that we don't really care about. Hey, Jesse, can you sense Nick's excitement? I really, I can genuinely sense his excitement. That's awesome. I, I, yeah, I'm awesome. surprised that he glossed over that in the new models list. They are now including two airplanes that have, quote, safe technology in them. Yeah, on the sim. So oh, now you're yeah. not even able to crash in a simulator. Yes. <laughs> safe technology in a simulator. <laughs> I know. It's like, really? Uh, I always considered my oh, simulator if- pretty safe. To be honest with you. Yeah, I was never worried yep. about it. <laughs> I never did the walk of shame with my sim. <laughs> if the uh, if the 8FG doesn't work out on real flight, who, who knows? There could be another copy of Phoenix in the future. So. Yeah, I'm sure. You could, no, I'm, I, I'm, I could, I'm serious. You, you could fly those new planes. <laughs> there actually man. really could be. Yeah. Could, so. Well, you'll have to write them and find out if uh, they're, like you can get a Phoenix transmitter that has replaceable or adjustable springs. Exactly. Does the DX6 have adjustable springs? (laughs) Or the the 5E or whatever it is? Yeah. Uh, So Zone, big competition. Is that... Where is Zone? It's in Europe. Is it? It, I think it's in England. I may be wrong, but... Well, at any rate, um, they've got a brand new website out, and it is time. To enter for the zone format 2014. So pilots, if you're interested, if you're thinking you got what it takes, now's your time. Get entered up. I might fly over there. You know, gonna go to World. Give it the old sure. college try. May 25th <laughs> and 26th. 
Uh, I'll have to check my schedule. It's the weekend yeah, it after is in the UK. Uh, Othello, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, dude, I'm not going to have anything flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm no, out. dude, you've got to use Othello to hone your skills. Yeah, and you could yeah. you to, just you could go fly that uh, that Nano. Yeah, we'll, we'll be the judge yeah. of your routine. We, <laughs> we will give you feedback, constructive yeah. feedback. And, and relentless uh, mocking. Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, that's all I have for news. I got, I got a little bit of news. Just a teeny little bit. Teeny? Teeny bit. You guys, uh, you guys ever find yourself, like, uh, scrambling around to various shops of your choosing that you typically do business with? Trying to find a specific part. It's not in stock here, but it is in stock over there. Yada yada yada. Uh, never, never more yes. than I every, dare every to time admit. I go shopping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I got a bit of a solution for you. Um, there's a site out there. We I, we've heard of it before, I believe. RCMatch.com, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I believe Absolutely. we've talked about it. Well, there's a couple sites out there like this, similar, very similar. We the concept is you can search the part you want and it kind of crawls the internet for you right and it comes back and tells you where this part is but there's some increased features they're adding um they're adding their own kind of uh version of a shopping cart where you can click on the part that you're looking for and then it compares the shops so you can see not only where can you find the best price but who has it in stock and when you pick it, you can go directly from that shopping cart to the site, uh, the, the actual shop's description site, and just quickly go through and not have to navigate to various other sites and grab those parts. It's, it's a fantastic idea. Interesting. Huh. And, you know, these guys, it's not been live too long, and apparently these guys are really working hard on this site. For the URL, if you guys want to check this out, and we'll put a show note link up to this for sure, but it's uh, www.rcmatch, that's R-C-M-A-T-C-H dot com. I haven't used this because, frankly, I've got enough spare parts in my trailer for my helis that I probably won't have to buy anything for quite some time. But for those of you who have a lot of helicopters or you want to try to find the part without going from site to site to site, I'd give this a whirl. Sounds like it might be a pretty good deal. Yeah, very unique. That's cool, though. I like it. I got some news. All right, what do you got, Justin? I've got some news about some new Scorpion limited edition motors that are coming out. Mm -hmm. So these are the new HK4535 series. And they're coming in two different KVs, 450 and 500. And what the nice thing is about this is with the advancement in all the different power systems and the availability of the larger cell count batteries, it looks like we're pushing more towards 14S as a typical high power setup. And these two motors are designed specifically to run at 14S. They, I mean, they're your standard black and gold, awesome quality Scorpion motors. They're a limited edition right now. You know, who knows whether, given their popularity, do they become an ultimate eventually. But right now, 
They are limited edition and they are coming in at 660 to 665 grams each. And they're saying that the max continuous power is about 5,200 watts with a max peak power of just under 7,800. So they're not the most powerful motors in Scorpion's line, but they should definitely fit the bill for 99% of the people out there. I actually have some additional motor news since we're on the motor topics. Uh, KDE had put out a little while ago that they have a new G3 series of motors coming, but there hasn't been much info on them yet because they aren't quite out yet. But uh, I got a little bit of an inside scoop, so I I thought I'd take a second to quickly go over this. I'm not going to have a link yet in the show notes, but we will get those to you. Um, a lot of updates here, and this is pretty cool. So we have now to the 700XF uh, series, which is the 700 class. They have took the original 495. It's now the 505 G3. So they upped the KV a little bit, and it's 10-pole. And this thing is supposed to be like the monster. I mean, the powerhouse, absolute monster, monster motor. Um, they have... The 455 G3, which is the same as the 505, but it's in 455 KV. So for a four for a 14S setup, this one really caught my attention. 700 XF. This is the 535 G3, a shorter and lighter version of the 700 XF series. So they switched the stator on it. Uh, to a 4530 uh-huh. instead of a 4541, and it's coming in around 550 grams and also fits underneath the Goblin Canopy. Ah, nice. That's, that's the one where I was, I mean... 12S the, or 14S capable? You know, that one, it's not in here, so I don't, I don't want to put out false information. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, but that that has been, uh, you know, I've flown these motors before, and there was no shortage of power out of no. any motor that KDE put out, but it was a tad bit heavy because uh, I do like a lighter disc loading. So apparently, he listened. Um, could be and, the answer. It, it really could be, and I think I'm actually going to go ahead and snag one up because I, I mean, I've been flying scorpions and and everything for so long. I've got a really good baseline on you know for comparing. So I think I am going to grab um, one of these and uh, you know pull it out of one of mine, slap this in there, and just see to compare. We've got a 600 XF 530, uh, new magnet layout and winding design. Uh, this is for 12S set up in like the 550 and 600 class. And then they redid the 500 XF uh, 1350. So uh, that's a replacement for what used to be the 1450. Slightly lower KV uh, and a larger fan design, like for uh, better cooling on like a Goblin 500. So look for those coming out very, very soon. I think we're uh, two, three weeks, something like that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, I have a little oh, bit of do? news to add. Holy crap. It, it, it looks like... The Compass X, news? 
No, this isn't even com- this is like genuine real helicopter news. Oh my god. We'll be the judge. Yeah, we'll this be is the judge. Of that. Yeah. Continue. We'll be the judge. All right. Of that. Okay. All right. So the XFC 2014 heli maneuvers have been released. And I'm in. Well, you haven't seen I don't the list even yet. need to know. No, you I, haven't I'm seen uh, I'm going to kill on that 45 degree nose in hovering, man. That didn't make the list this oh, year. Damn it. Did not. That was. I'm sure if they would have had one more spot for this list, that would have been on there. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm looking over this list. Let's see. We got the single pirouette hurricane, the backwards rolling loop with a roll reversal. Ooh, funnel loop yeah. with reversal. And this one's kind of interesting. I'm I'm not really sure what a cobra roll is, but we got we got the cobra roll with the 270 degree flip. And a backwards inverted 180 degree auto rotation. Yeah. I lied. So, I actually have looked over this list. And people were making fun of me because I said I can do <laughs> precisely one and a half of these maneuvers. Yeah, I'm just sitting here going. <laughs> I, I mean, I had to that's read pretty, some of these descriptions twice. <laughs> it is specific. Because they, they don't even give you pictures. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, can someone, what is the it Cobra? Is. Says the rocket scientist. There's no pictures in this book. There's no pictures. <laughs> no, these, I mean, I'm not going to go over every single one. There's a lot of very, very descriptive, very advanced maneuvers, but definitely come take a look at this list because these are some, uh, I, some of these are pretty impressive. I can't really even explain a Cobra roll. No. Just Google it. Just Google it. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. I get it, but... Look at the backwards inverted 180 degree auto. Dude, I got that. That's my one solid one. Oh, yeah? 100%? Yeah, that's my one. You can the half is. Well, do you I see saw the, the pirouetting the hurricane. criteria. The judging well, criteria. We don't worry about center that. Of the, <laughs> centering of the maneuver, <laughs> a decentrate, symmetry, landing on the center line. And it, the touchdown should be soft and graceful. So, sorry, Justin, you are out. But that's okay. <laughs> hey, that's guess right. what? Maybe, guess maybe what? the other ones are more heavily weighted. That's so. only one criterion, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. The other, ones, the other yeah. ones could be more heavily weighted. We do not know. You know, know how but. I would judge it? Did Pilot strike himself with helicopter? No. Checkbox or no? <laughs> <laughs> I give it a 10. <laughs> no. I was looking through that pirouetting hurricane. I'm like, I got this. Oh, my gosh. There is a maneuver that I can do on this list. And I was really happy. And then I kept reading, and it was like, at the 360-degree point, um, pilot will reverse rudder direction yeah. and continue. I'm like, oh, I'm out. Uh, God, thanks, guys. Crap. <laughs> that one does sound like it's really hard. And, I mean, you have yeah. to, a minimum of 300 feet in diameter. That's getting that's out a, there. That's moving. That's, that's a, big, a hurricane. big hurricane, man. Yeah, with that slow, has to Pirou. be one pirouette for yeah. a full circle. So that's control, which uh, that's where I was excited. I'm like, dude, I got this. Then you want me to reverse the rudder and still keep doing that? Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. So. It's a bummer they put that one in there because I was going to go. It wasn't for You're... That. <laughs> I, I was in. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's all I got. Huh. Is that it? Anybody else got any news? 
That's it. That's it, huh? All done here. All righty, guys. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So, guys, got a question for you. Where is your one-stop shop for high-powered motors, upgrade performance parts, and, of course, some sexy bling for nearly any model of heli? Definitely KDEDirect.com. That's right. So whether you want to turn your heli into a performance machine or you just want it to stand out a little bit, visit KDEDirect.com for all your upgrade needs. We have a, a, a guest on uh, this, this, you know, in kind of in conjunction uh, with the big news of the uh, Goblin Speed Review. You know, we haven't really ever touched on the speed topic. And uh, we are virgins, speed <laughs> virgins. <laughs> what so, is that accent, really? I don't know. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> At least he continued it. At least we, we got a little bit more of a yeah. flavor. <laughs> That kind of sounds like that creepy pedophile accent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right There's there. He spontaneously grew a mustache and aviator glasses and aviator <laughs> glasses. Why? Thank you very much. I think that was. He keeps going. He does keep going. Uh, I think we just offended some French people. I think was it French? Is know. it French? Is it... I don't know. Kind of. I don't know. It had that twang to it. No. I don't Man, know. There was no, there was no like hee hee haw at the end. So. <laughs> oh, now we offended now some French people. Now there we go. The there we go. We were teetering on the line. There now goes we, yeah, we were we were getting so. close there. Now it's for sure. Yeah. Don't, don't Thank do you, Nick. Ha- don't do anything half assed around here. <laughs> no. If we're gonna offend somebody. We do it fully. Absolutely. All righty. So, uh, you know, some of you guys may know. Uh, uh, what the hell is his name? <laughs> Jeez, oh god it's getting late it's <laughs> ben varley that's from the was. uk uh, sorry ben it's getting really late <laughs> anyway ben varley was here you guys might know him from the various forums as jammin zero zero he is like uh he's like one of the guys in the uk that's really into the speed thing right and and mm-hmm. not the drug the the heli thing well, yeah. at least as far as i know flying anyway. fast it was, you know, it's 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 always nice to get guys from the UK because you guys look. Here's the thing, you know, we record it Friday night. It's they have it's it's a commitment when someone from the UK agrees to come oh, on. Oh, but thirty, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, it's like way early in the morning for them. So Ben came on. We got to spend about an hour with him. We're gonna go ahead and play that interview for you now, guys. I'm um, pretty sure you're gonna like it. It's a good interview. So here we go. Ben Barley, say hi, man. Hi. What's going on, dude? Not a lot, apart from I'm sitting in the kitchen at half past five in the morning talking to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's crazy. Who's the who's the stupid one here? Yeah, who's the stupid (laughs) one? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you're in the UK. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, raining over there? Is the sun shining? Uh, Is it going to be sunny today? It probably is going to rain. He hasn't done nothing else much apart from rain lately. Yeah, I heard the sun doesn't really shine in the UK. Like one day a year. Yeah, we, we get a couple of weeks if we're lucky. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. So where at the UK? Where are you at specifically in the UK? I'm in a county called Essex, which is right by London, southeast of the UK. 
Uh, old uh, smoke. Right down the bottom. Old smoky. London. Old smoky. <laughs> yeah. See there? Did I impress you? Do you guys? Do you, do you, is uh, that... I'm impressed. I don't know what the hell you're talking yeah. about, dude. <laughs> Go ahead and tell them what old smoky is. But what, what's where, where does that come from? Well, old smoky. Yeah. Why, where? Why is London called old smoky? Uh, I guess because it's full of uh, cars, pollution. Pollution. Old smoky. Ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So like Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. So anyway, we digress. We're here to talk about multi rotors, right? No, no multi. Oh, oh, that's right. We're here to talk about speed helicopters. Yeah, that yes. seems to be the. Uh, yeah, that's the flavor of the week, isn't it? Everybody's yeah, talking it about speed. Getting more popular, doesn't it? It does. It does. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been flying? Uh, God, I first started flying in 2007, uh-huh. which only lasted for about two or three months uh, because I had a little eSky Belt CP <laughs> and it was just horrendous. I mean, I could just about get into a hover and in the end, I just gave up because it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I gave up for about a year after that and then... Uh, the same friend who got me into it come back and he said, uh, well, let's try it with this T-Rex 500. So we bought them, a couple of T-Rex 500s, and uh, yeah, it all went from there, you know, obviously because I had a decent helicopter and it was easy enough to set up. Things sort of spiraled from there. So are you, you're involved pretty heavily in the hobby. I mean, we, we see you posting a lot. You do, obviously, we're going to be talking about the speed stuff in a little bit. How, yeah. how long did it? Uh, how long did it take before you? I don't know. You know, because a lot of guys, especially new to the hobby, you know, they're always asking that question. God, how long did it take you to get to where you felt like you were a proficient pilot? Was it quick for you? Um. Yeah, I suppose it was. Really, I mean, oh. a good thing or something that changed it for me was <laughs> when I started flying again in two thousand and eight. About three months after I started flying again. I won a T-Rex 700 in a, in a raffle, a nitro. Ah. Yeah, so with some of the more experienced guys that were there, uh, I started flying that, you know, so I think that sort of pushed it along quite quickly. And that way it did actually help quite a lot, you know, flying this big beast of a helicopter. Yeah, I, you know what, that's the thing too. I agree. I started on a 50 and the bigger helicopters, because there's, there's just so much... I think easier and a hell of a lot more yeah. fun to fly. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a lot more easy to fly, a lot more stable and whatnot, you know. So, yeah, that definitely did help. So you find yourself... Huge step up from the East guy. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No question <laughs> there, man. So you find yourself flying professionally. You're, do you get involved with any sponsors? Uh, now I am, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm involved with OptiPower. You guys know OptiPower, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm involved with OptiPower and Contronic. How, how Contronic, uh, what, what do they make? Oh, that's right. What do they make? Those, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do they make? It was in they the make same those unattainable ESCs, right? Yeah, those that's really, it. really expensive ones, like the Lamborghinis really? of ESCs. 
Yes, that's it. They make them for ESCs and the motors. Okay. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it, Dan. Hey, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're great. I hear Ferraris are great too, but I'm never going to own one of those. <laughs> we'll do one day. They all say that. Nah, I'm only giving you shit. So we're going to kind of step into the speed stuff now, kind of fast forward. When did you start taking interest in that, in, in the speed helis? Uh, probably only about... 18 months ago. Eight months Maybe ago? two years. 18, sorry. 18. Oh, yeah. God, speak English, will you? <laughs> yeah. About 18 months ago, that was. <laughs> All right. So 18 months ago, you start flying fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've come a long ways in those that short amount of time. Yeah. What was your first foray into a speed helicopter? Was it just a standard off-the-shelf T-Rex 700, just kind of pimped out a little bit or what no i guess my first real one that was anything you know that was considered fast was a shrimok uh you know kasama obviously you do i hear you bitch about him enough hey i used to own a shrimo <laughs> yeah <Okay>. that's shrimo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a debate from the old days you might remember that the shrimo versus the shrimok no i don't, you don't remember that oh that was my first real um before i was speed was with the shrimok um and I had that for some time. Uh, and then from then on, I went on to the TDR. So that was when it started to get really interesting for me. You know, once I got the TDR and started playing around with that, because obviously that's considered, you know, the speed helicopter and whatnot. So, you know, that's that's when it all started, really. What are you flying these days for speed? Uh, for speed, I've got um, two TDRs now. Uh, one of them's just got a standard TDR speed canopy. And the other one's in a fuselage, uh, an SFR fuselage. And I've just got the goblin, the speed goblin. Now, before we start talking about how people get into this, I just got one question. What was fast 18 months ago and what is fast today? TDR, TDR, Banshee. Um, but, but numbers, give me some numbers. I mean, what, what was a fast speed 18 months ago? Versus 18 team. months ago. Um, I guess, obviously, back then, the, before, it was before the Banshee was out, wasn't it? So it was a TDR, and they was doing about 140 mile an hour, I guess. Um, maybe a little bit less. Okay. No, it would have been around about 140. Then um, now, obviously, you've got the, the actual fuselage machines, and typically the Banshee, which has just got the world record, at 172 mile an hour. Oh, man. Jeez. How do you even... I, yeah. I mean, do That's you gotta, fast. Do you gotta, I mean, do you yeah. got to fly it like, I don't know, a 100-acre field? I mean, my God, that is fast. It is fast, obviously. Yeah, you do need a big field because it does cover the sky quite quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, because typically you, you're only flying around about four or 500 meters long line because, you know, Beyond that, you, you really can't see much, you know, because obviously they're, they're quite small. They get out of sight quite quickly. So you don't actually fly that far away. Mm-hmm. That is well, fast. That is fast. Yeah. I have a question. Why in all of the videos are people wearing helmets? I mean, <laughs> seriously. If it hits you at 170 miles an hour, is it going to matter? It is not going to matter. It's just for show. It's yeah. for show, Nick. Is that like so if you 
trip and fall on the way back to the pits or it's something. In case something goes wrong during warm-up. You know. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's to protect you from flying parts if you drive it in right in front of you. Ah, man. Ah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I was watching that video last night of um, Stefan Segura at the world record uh, flying in September. Did you see that one where he yes. drove his one in the ground? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, I, yeah. And I thought just that. I thought, you know, they're wearing hard hats. What the hell is that going to do? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to exactly. do nothing. It's, that's going to implant a few more extra pieces of plastic in your skull when it hits. Yeah. That's what it's going to do. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about getting into speed helicopters. Nowadays, you know, we, you know, we're going to be talking about the the Goblin Speed, which is kind of a out of the box minus you got to kind of figure out what kind of components you're going to put into it, but can a can a new person or, or an experienced pilot that wants to get into speed Flying, can they just take their seven hundred and 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 hop it up and and start that way, or is there is there a very meticulous and purpose driven process to get this figured out? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you, you can stick, you know, the right components in in heli heli in any helicopter. Sorry, uh, you know, and it's going to go fast, um, but you know, they're not going to be as fast. You know, so you don't really see many. T-Rex 700s um, flying speed because they're not built for for speed, you know. So if anyone's going to be looking at getting into speed, I think they're going to be going for, you know, the TDRs and the like. So you're gonna you're even just starting. You're gonna you're gonna drop some serious coin on one of these helicopters. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, this you wouldn't want to be getting anything else, um, you know, like your standard helicopter because they're designed for 3D. You know, the the, the makeup's completely different, really. So. Can you? Is this, I don't know if this is an easy question, and it might probably take a while to explain. But give us an idea. What are the main differences between a typical 3D heli and a typical speed heli? Um, I mean, the first thing you notice between the two is typically the head and the main shaft is not 90 degrees to the frame. No, they don't just go straight up. They are more angled forward, because obviously that helps in forward flight. Um, obviously, the main thing you notice from the outside, you know, looking at it, is the aerodynamics of the canopy and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. which they need to be a sleek design, um, you know, because obviously you're going through the, through the air at some rate, so you need to be shifting that efficiently. Um, most of them tend to be a two-stage drivetrain, as well, but other than that, there's not a huge amount of differences between them. Um, they do typically tend to be lower as well, um, although they're typically as long. Ben, when you say two-stage gear train, you're talking like the TDR or the Goblin. What, what's yes. what's the reason for going with that over a standard single stage on a speed heli? Um. To be honest, I'm not too sure. I think it's uh, for efficiency and maybe strength as well. You know, it needs to be strong because um, the weak point is going to be the gears. You know, with these powerful motors, you're going to be stripping mm-hmm. gears um, quite easily. And these two-stage uh, systems tend to be or appear to be very strong. Um, you know, you look at the Banshee and the, the, the Speed Goblin now, they've got big fat belts on them. 
Um, and when they go to the second stage gears, they will they look beefy and strong as well. Other than that, I, w- I wouldn't really know. Well, when when you look at like the TDR or the Banshee, you know mm. they've got the two stage gear system, and then they've got their servos sort of oriented in a standing up configuration instead of laying down on their sides, and mm-hmm. and it seems like that helps in making sure that the canopy can be really, really small and tightly sort of like closely packed onto the the airframe so you don't have a lot of area out there for aerodynamic yeah. drag. No big no big main gear. Yeah, and that's no dinner like plate. with his point on the strength. Anytime if you know if you need to get to a certain gear ratio, you know, ten to one or nine to one or whatever you're gonna do, if you take a large gear and go to a very small pinion, which is, you know, traditional in the 3D helicopter, like 12-tooth or 13-tooth, that creates, that system is actually just design-wise not going to be as strong as if you do multi-stage and you slowly gear down. You know, you take two separate gears and go go down. They stay physically closer in size, which is going to give you more mesh yep. and just be a stronger setup. Yeah, that makes sense. And like you say with the servos, you, you know, obviously you notice it now where the speed goblins came out. They've kept the servos how they have had them in all of their uh, headings, and that is laying down. And you can see on the canopy, you've got that great big bulge. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they would have done better mm-hmm. by standing them upright like the others, so they could make it slimmer and more sleek. You know, yeah. obviously they they designed, they stayed they stayed with that, and that's probably. Uh, from a production point of view, I guess, you know, because obviously it's the same as the 700 and the 770, isn't it? You know, so they've just taken that yeah. component and, and chucked it in oh, there. Yeah. So, modularity thing. Yeah, yeah cost, modularity, cost. sharing parts, mm, that all makes exactly. perfect sense. Yeah. So I have a question for all y'all, and that means everybody, Ben. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 it seems to me that on the two stage helis, and those faster helis, it seems like the mass of the head is a lot lower. Now, is that a design feature of that two-stage drive? Or is that just a trending design for a faster heli? Like lower in height? Yeah, like it's lower in height. The mass, It's like lower down closer to the canopy. Oh, yeah, yeah, gotcha. I would say that's well, by design for the speed helis. Is that, is that, in due to, is that due to the, two, the two-stage drive, or is that just... Can you do that with a single stage? I guess is what I'm asking. Is that gonna? That's something you I think can do. you could. Yeah, yeah, you can do it with a single stage. My guess, Dan, would be the lower you get the head, the less main shaft you're presenting to the wind, and so, then you can kind of wrap the canopy around it up at the top so that you get a little bit more slipperiness. If that's you know, a word. I always get in trouble when I present my main shaft to the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you lived in Montana, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Your main shaft would freeze and fall off. <laughs> I do. I do okay, that nightly. Continue. I do that. Sorry. Uh, how, how rude. <laughs> so tell us about the speed scene. I, I mean, it seems uh, it seems pretty popular in the UK. I don't. I don't know that it's that popular here in the states, guys. What do you think? It seems like it's more popular in the UK and Europe. Uh, yeah, Europe more so. Um, it's not too popular here in the UK. Um, it's probably three of us. <laughs> no, but, oh, wow. Too. Yeah, no, it's, it's not as popular in the UK for sure. Um, you know, there are a few a few guys that fly it. Um, 
you know, I don't think there's anyone else locally to me who I fly with or anyone near here that flies speed. Um, there's a few guys further, uh, further away that do. Um, but it's more so in Europe. I mean, especially Germany. You look at Germany, there's a lot of speed guys in Germany. Um, and that's where it all seems to howl from, you know. That seems to be the centre of it all. And that's where you've got all the top guys flying around and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, no, not over here. It's not that popular over here. I don't... Are there... I don't know that I... I mean, I've seen the speed helis here just kind of randomly at Fun Flies, but it's doesn't seem like it's really taken... Well, it might start. I don't know. What do you guys think here in the states? Have you? Not, I, see, I've. I don't think I've. I mean, I, I saw I've seen our, a couple our, of TDRs, yeah. but I've never seen a speed version, like no. with a full fuselage. No, no, no not like yeah, that. nothing that hardcore. No, but it's it's definitely it's growing. Uh, we're just got to remember we're way up here. That's true. Over in the in the corner too. <laughs> Yeah, I think the uh, the goblin is going to help with that. I think that's going to help it grow because it's so easy. You know, you can just pick it up off the shelf and you've got yourself a ready-made speed heli. All you've got to do is chuck your components in. So I'm sure and that's going to help get people into it. What What are your thoughts on that, Ben? So you own all the big helis like the TDR and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. and now you have a goblin speed. I mean, is it? Is it up to par with those? Is it still a step or two down in terms of overall capability? Can it, you know, that that sort of a thing? Uh, well, I'm not flying mine yet. I've only had it a, a few weeks, and I've not actually had a chance to actually get out and fly it. But um, I don't know. It, it looks good quality. I, I don't see it as a bad thing at all. Um, it can only be good. Uh, the quality of it looks good. Um, it looks like it's going to be a fast machine. I mean, at first, I didn't think it would be that all that fast. Um, but from seeing videos now of you know other people flying them and whatnot, it, it does actually look like it's going to be a good machine. So not yeah, not anything you're going to go out and set records with. But as far as like an introduction one, I mean, it, it could it would be a great. Uh, entry intermediate level speed machine would you say yeah for sure yeah um i don't, I don't yeah i don't think it's gonna uh, go breaking any records um but yeah it's sure gonna be a good uh good, a good machine to start with because there's so little required by the end user to do mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's got to be good yeah you got me curious what is it about that the the goblin speed that would make you say that it's not going to be breaking any records. Is there something in particular that, that comes to mind? Uh, first things that jump out at me is the amount of drag that it's going to create, you know, because of that big bulge uh, where the servos are. It's not, mm-hmm. um, it's not a, an efficient aerodynamic machine. There's a lot of parts on it that are going to be causing parasitic drag. Um, you know, it's not completely in, enclosed. You've got the bottom of the canopy, and um, the bottom of the frame where it's open, you know, so air can get in there and start disrupting things. The tail case is is not flush to the uh, to the boom, you know, so you're going to get air going there and start mucking around with things as well. So I think that's going to be its major downfall is is uh, the amount of drag that it's going to create because of those points. See, now that's interesting. You know, you everything that you just described, like the holes in the canopy. Or mm-hmm. the tailcase sticking out. To us, 3D flyers, it's kind of like, well, yeah, that's a normal heli. But it makes me wonder, 
you know, I've never actually sat in front of an SFR or a Diablo fuselage and looked at it. Are you saying that there aren't holes in the fuselage at all? Well, no, when you buy them or when you get them, there's not. So I've actually cut holes in mine in certain points. So it creates an airflow um, purely for cooling. Um, but it's complete, other than that, it's completely enclosed. Uh, the bottom, the top, all the way down to the tail is completely enclosed. There's nothing uh, at all like what you see on the Goblin. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, are those even, fuselages like standard production, Ben, or are they custom? Do you have to call a dude that does it in his garage and get on a six-month waiting list? Yeah, effectively, you do have to get on that waiting list and call some, some dude. I mean, the SFR is done by uh, Rick Joe, or Joe, I think his name is, RJ. Uh, I think he's in California. He does the SFR, and more recently, you've got the TDV which is done by Martin in Germany. Um, you know, so you'd give him a call as well and get on the list with him. Um, there aren't any manufacturers like, uh, I don't know, Canon or whatever that are actually doing these where you can go and buy them off the shelf. Whether they'll right. change, I don't know. But at the moment, no, there's only them two guys that I really know of. I got to ask, because I've gotten so many listeners ask me this, and I don't have the answer. What does one of those things cost? Just the fuselage, like the SFR. Oh, just the fuselage. Um, I think the FS, uh, SFR is, I think that's $500. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure it's $500 or $600. And the TDV is 600 euros. Oh, that's even more Which painful. Is, it's like seven hundred dollars, isn't it? Isn't that like seven or eight hundred bucks? Yeah. yeah, it's a lot more. <laughs> and then I, think I feel dirty when I spend more than like eighty dollars on a canopy. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I mean, and I don't. I just put duct tape on mine. <laughs> <laughs> duct tape and spray paint. That's it. You know what, Dan? That's not going to win you any speed records. The duct tape. <laughs> Is it? It's going to cause parasitic drag. See that? It will cause parasitic yep. drag. I'm Very good, Dan. I'm, yeah. I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. So, let's talk about cost for a little bit, because you just you grab my attention. I'm not going to lie. Five hundred dollars for a canopy. So, we all almost. Well, I know all of us, and I know most of our listeners. Uh, there's a few that are maybe just starting that are just working on the small helis. You know, we all kind of have an idea what a typical seven hundred costs, and depending upon, you know, what electronics you go with, you can go kind of budget, or you can really kind of take it up to the high end uh -huh. and i'm guessing that even the high end for a 3d helicopter is not quite gonna cut it if you're paying 500 dollars for just a canopy i mean these machines must be incredibly expensive yeah obviously if you go top end um and then start chucking all top end components in it servos motors and the esc and whatnot yeah it's going to start costing a lot of money so much you don't even want to tell us yeah, so, <laughs> yeah try us how much ben uh i'm at about 3k three thousand pounds on oh jeez on the three thousand quid yeah pounds yeah that's a heavy helicopter dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> i knew that was coming. that's 
I can't ever like let clockwork. that one go, man. I can't let that one go. So three thousand pounds. I don't man. even know what the what the conversion is, but I'm gonna guess that's somewhere in the neighborhood of four thousand dollars. I think it's like a it's buck sixty five. is one pound. It's that's like almost forty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, forty nine twenty three. Wow. Oh, it's about five grand. That hurts. U.S. dollars. And you don't, do do you pucker a little bit every time you pull that thing up into a hover and get ready to do a speed pass, Ben? I mean, at first, yeah, I did at first, um, but it was mainly because of the the fuselage. I didn't want to do any damage to the fuselage, but now, yeah, I'm not as as concerned with it, you know, because I've been flying it for some time, you know, the, the fear of, fear of it going in sort of goes, but you also do expect that any time you fly it, could be its last flight, you know, because you're pushing these things to the to their limits, you know. So at any point, like you know, going back to Stefan Segura, anything can go wrong at any time. Have you have you had any crashes or mechanical failures that did, I guess, result in some pretty <laughs> uh, high parts bills? Um, I've had two crashes. One of them was with just a TDR before it was in the fuselage when I was uh, when I was going fast, just. You know, just practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that cost me. Yeah, that, that was quite a bit. It was about four hundred quid worth of damage on that one. Um, <laughs> that went There's a new Harley. Yeah, went through bad. But um, I've only had one one crash, or what, it was a very mild crash with the um, mm-hmm. with the fuselage one. The tail, okay. you, where you got the tail push. Uh, uh, the tail pitch slider, sorry. The ball had popped out of the little cup that it sits in to control the to control the pitch slider. Mm-hmm. So I was I managed to auto it down, but it, it just had a topple over on the end into long grass, so it weren't too bad. So I was I was quite lucky there because I was absolutely uh, pooping it, thinking I was going to do a lot of damage. <laughs> nice save. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, I want to I want to go back to one thing you were saying there where you're saying you're pushing the limits. What what are we talking about here? So, like, you know, on a 3D heli, if you're really smacking it around, you can see ESC currents of like, you know, 80, 120, maybe even sometimes 150 or so amps in spikes. What mm-hmm. are you pulling when you're you're doing you're doing the course and you're trying to set that speed? What what kind of current are we pulling? Uh, you'll be pulling anything from 150 to 250 amps, depending Continuous? on what motor. Yeah, depending on obviously what motor you're using. But uh, oh. yeah, you'll, you'll be pulling that. Oh. Now oh. I would, knowing that now, I would have to guess that ESC fires and motor fires would be quite common. No, they're not. Really? So apparently they just yeah. light up in my 700. Then. <laughs> you kind of know. You know what Pull 40 amps, light one on fire. Pull 250, you're good to go. Yeah, you you well, know what application you're throwing it into, and I feel like they're they're buying that quality, I don't know, that, that quality, I guess, of component. You yeah, you're not exactly going to put an they're... ICE 80 on a speed machine. <laughs> no, that's it. You, right? you buy a Contronic. You don't have yeah. these issues. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... What when you're trying to do this? So you're pulling 200 amps. Obviously, you got to do some cooling on the motor and the ESC. So I imagine there are heat sinks in there. But what about like standard? How how do you tune the thing? Is it do you tune it with the same 
like gain values that you do on a 3D heli? Are your gains up high or do you have to lower the gains? What are, you know, what about that? Yeah, uh, the gains on the fly pilot units are extremely low, extremely low. I mean, um, if you look at the V-bar, you've got your slider, haven't you? And it tells you it's got a list of helis next to the mm-hmm. slider. Mm-hmm. My head gain on the TDR is around about the, uh, where the T-Rex 450 is. <laughs> oh, holy yeah. cow. So it's right down the bottom. Nice and loose. How about tail? Yeah. Tail, again, you want that as as low as it can go and still hold. Otherwise, uh, you're going to get a pretty nasty wag once you get up there at speed, right? Yeah, and also, you know, it's going to, um, if you've not got the tail straight when you're doing your run, it's going to be pushing against itself, isn't it? So, you know, the lower that is, the better. Oh, that's a I, good heard, point. Yeah. So you're now, saying I've like... i heard some guys fly in rate mode. Is that true? Um, I don't know anyone who does. Um, and I've, okay. I've said to people before, you know, why don't we just run in rate mode? And, you know, every time I've asked that question, everyone's come back and just said, you know, you just, just keep it in head and hold and just no keep it low. Because <laughs> the thing costs $5,000. No <laughs> <try it. laughs> well, but you, you know what? That's a, good, that's a really yeah. good point. Because Justin, try it. I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. try it. Oh yeah, I'll I'll try it. But but here's the thing. I mean, you think about that, and at that speed, you said something that I I, I thought was pretty interesting, Ben. You mm-hmm. you want it to be low because if you don't set your tail straight on the run, then the gyro is going to be fighting to push that tail in. You know, not not uh straight with the heli. Yeah. And so you want it to weather vane, don't you? Effectively, yeah, of course, yeah. And, you want and if it weather vanes, just based on the force of the wind, the air, you're going to keep things straight. And I, I'd imagine rate mode would be easier to do that in than heady, heading hold, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never ever flown in rate mode, but yeah, obviously it should be easier. Um, I don't really know why people don't fly in rate mode, and to be honest, I've never tried it. You know, everyone just says low, head in hold, and that's what I've done. I've, you know, I've just maybe always because maybe because they don't want to uh, hold rudder input in a hover <laughs> to keep the thing. <laughs> well, from why spinning. can't you like? Why can't you go? You know, up into the big stall turn or whatever at the top of the. I've noticed now a lot of the. Ooh, let's get into that in a minute though. Technique, because I do kind of want to know. Oh, that. that's a good question. Um, if yeah. people want to practice, but you could, in theory, flip into a different mode once you got yeah. going. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing stopping you doing that. Of course, uh, with the V bar, you know, you can just fit into a different bank, a different mode, and yeah, it could be set up as right, I guess. Well, do me a favor and take a picture of what happens when you do. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> oh, something tells me that I'm going to have to include that in the uh, Goblin Speed Review. What happens in yes. rate mode? You could be a trendsetter, dude. Sure. Yeah, you I'm curious about technique. Uh, before you go into technique, I got one more question okay. about components. I just just okay. just from my from my mind, and maybe a few other people are thinking the same thing. Is there a difference between what we would consider a top end three D servo and a top end speed servo? Are they are there are they two different beasts, or that is one good for each? 
yeah, there's a lot of guys that do use um, uh, what you know a standard servo, you know, like even like a BLS four five one for example. Um, but myself, I prefer to use the really high torque servos, uh, the high torque HV servos. You know, so it's it's making it easier for them. You know, the job they've got to do is hard. You know, so if I can use a, mm-hmm. a high torque one, um, that's got to be better uh, for the system. You know, it's going to withstand a lot more um, abuse that it's going to be getting. Sure. Um, but no, uh, there are a lot of guys that just do use um, standard servos. Good standard. And a four fifty one can handle that because I mean, in the speed run, aren't you put? How much pitch are you putting into that collective? Um, I run about sixteen point five degrees. Oh. Whew. Yes. You ain't, you, ain't got wow. no, you ain't got nothing on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan, years, were you planning on 20, setting your T-Rex up for speed? Yeah, he, he just didn't tell any of us. 20, 21, OS 50 takes the record. <laughs> 22 degrees. Yeah, you got to have a long runway to get it up to speed, but once it gets there. <laughs> so anyway, I like that. Let's go into technique. Let's talk about how you practice that. That's a, that's a great, that's a good question. Yes, it's not as easy as uh, as you think, you know, just flying left to right, left to right, um, because there's so much, you know, if you don't get that line perfect, you know, then that run is, is, is wasted. It has got to be very little inputs on the, uh, on the cyclic, at, uh, you know, while you're doing your run, because it just bleeds so much speed off, you know, so the, the main thing that you're, or I tend to be practicing, is getting it right when I come out of the dive. You know, so you're applying the power as you're coming down uh, from the dive to get into that straight run and get it pulled up so it's at the perfect height and level and it just goes in that straight line. And that is just so much harder than what you would actually think uh, because the amount of times I just get my run wrong because the tail's not quite lined up or it's, you know, I've let go of the elevator and it's aiming down or it's aiming up. You know, it's, you've got to get everything bang on because once you're going, you don't want to be touching that cyclic at all. You know, you just want to leave it and just on the power and go. So it's not when just a you... typical stall turn then, huh? No, no. <laughs> no, again, because obviously if, if you're coming down out of the stall turn and you're just coming straight down and then pull up, you're going to be bleeding a lot of speed off at that bottom, you know, when you're pulling up. So you want to be coming down sort of gradually. Uh, you need a mix of it, you know, you want to be falling quick, but also you want to be coming out trying to get yourself level for the run. And when you say you you don't want a lot of cyclic input, Ben, mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of, I'd imagine to help with that, you got to run Expo in your radio. What kind of Expo, do you, I mean, is it the same level of Expo you do in a 3D heli? Yeah, I suppose that's personal feel again, um, and how you are on the sticks. I mean, I only run. Well, I say only. I run thirty percent expo, but that's just what okay. feels comfortable for me. You know, on the sticks, um, and that's mm-hmm. what I like. So uh, I don't really know what other guys run, whether they run high or whether they run low. I would say that it is a personal preference, uh, the same as it is with three D flying. So you said you're running 16 and a half degrees of pitch. What kind of head speeds are you running? Um, I'm only going at the moment to about 2,500. 
Only. 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 And it can hold 16 or 2,500 at 16 and a half degrees of pitch. And that's where 200 amps comes in. (laughs) Wow. Damn. It's a different world, dude. So so you were, you were kind of talking about, you know, the entrance and how you can practice. I'm just really interested at what point, you know, in your progression, let's say, let's say we have someone that's just starting out and they're going through the typical, you know, hover to forward flight, just starting out flying, not with the speed stuff. And they're going from hover to forward flight and they're, they're going through this typical progression, climbing the ladder at what point, let's say if they did want to get into speed, would they be able to, you know, get this speed heli and get it set up and be fairly proficient and catch on fairly quickly with getting these runs in? Um, that's a good one because, you know, with the 3D, people always say, you know, you've got to know all your orientations before you start trying mm-hmm. all these fancy moves and whatnot. Um, but with speed, obviously, you don't need to really know your orientations because you're only ever flying forwards and upright. Yeah, you need. Um, you still need a the basics, but yeah, not nearly as. Yeah, um, but I think you need to be one hundred percent confident in your own abilities um, because of the dangers involved. You know, because you know at them sort of speeds, you know, that's that's going to do damage. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's going to do some serious damage. You know, we all know what they can do. You know, just when you're doing three D, oh, yeah. you, but you know, when you're going at these speeds, you add one hundred and fifty mile an hour into the equation. And if something goes wrong, you know, it's yep. not going to end up good. So I would say you need to be uh, 100% confident in your abilities before you start doing it. But then saying that, you know, I don't think anyone who's, well, unless they're just completely gun-ho, but anyone who's not uh, proficient is going to be start chucking a machine up in, up in the air and start flying it like that. Well, and is it a situation where if someone has an aspiration to fly speed, even if they're maybe they don't have the skills yet, they're still developing them and maybe they've just got a, you know, an aligned T-Rex 700 electric or even a nitro. They can practice these techniques with that heli, right? Or would you get bad habits if you tried to fly a regular 3D heli like a speed heli? No, I wouldn't have thought you'd get bad habits. So, um, yeah, you you could practice it with uh, with any helicopter. Yeah, I, I wouldn't see why not. Um, yeah, because obviously you know you'll be learning the technique, you'll be learning you know what you're doing when you're coming into the run, when you're coming out of the run. Yeah, you know that would work. Yeah, because I imagine just like with 3D, I mean, yeah, we're only flying left to right and right to left, but at that speed, you got to be quick and. There's something about, I mean, to me, I would imagine you're looking at the heli moving that fast and there's something to understanding the orientations that you're going to go through, even if it's only upright forward flight. If you're not comfortable with side in, you got a problem, for example, (laughs) right? And and I mean, that sounds silly, but there are a lot of people out there that have issues with side in. Well, I would agree with that, but I think think the bigger picture, and you kind of pointed it out, kind of hit on it is... These things are changing orientations very rapidly, and they're changing yep. to simple orientations. But nonetheless, they're changing very, very rapidly, and that that in itself, I do believe, would require a fair amount of confidence. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. 
you know, some people might only be happy going left to right and not going right to left. I mean, I did notice a difference at first. You know, I preferred going uh, right to left for some okay. reason. Yeah, I never but, thought about that. Yeah, that's even a good simple yeah. stuff like that. When it's going that fast, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. you think you can fly that good, but till it starts going that fast, you're going to find your weaknesses yeah. in a hurry. Tell me, uh, Justin and Jesse and Nick, I mean, we can, uh, you know, I, I, that question just made me mentally think of it. What would be your preference? Mine would be right to left. It would not be the other way around. That would yeah, be my Right comfort. to left. Mine would yep. be right to left as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same here. And we're all right here. So right? I guess that means I need to go and start working yeah. on my left to right stall turns. <laughs> Thank you for exposing my weakness. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> I got I got a question about the the format. Now, is this a structured format like these I mean when you guys are racing and and how does that work? Is it like the best of 3, the average of 3 runs? How do you, how do you guys judge or score those runs? Well, I think it's um it's not like the, but the best of 3. It's it seems to be, you know, you run until your batteries go flat. So you typically get about 4 6 uh 6 passes. Um, before your batteries die? Yeah. Yeah, but you yeah, covered before. like 200 square mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, think about you that, Dan. Five you get stall turns and then you get done. four or five stall turns <laughs> and you're done. Yeah, that's quick. So, okay, so you've done these four, five, six passes. I mean, how do you determine what your speed was? Is it is there a radar gun and you just pick the best one or do, are they timed? Uh, they're done as an average. Um, they're timed runs. Uh, you know, you've got one guy at one end of the field and you've got another guy at the other end of the field and they literally just press a button when they're heli passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's only if you're going over or the machines are going over 200 mile an hour uh, that they have to use automatic timings, which obviously we don't. Uh, you know, so it's just manual timings uh, and you get an average um, and they take into account a left-to-right pass and a right-to-left pass. You know, so your average of the two is your your oh, speed. Oh, so they make you do... Yes. You have to do oh, so you can't <laughs> just go out there as a one-trick pony and rock a bunch of right-to-left passes and win. you got to no. be able to do both. You know, yes. Zero plus... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, wind as well, you know, is... is is taken into effect, you know, because oh, yeah. you could have a downwind. So if you got a downwind, you could, you know, you, instead of doing 150, you could be doing 160. Then you go the other way, you're only going to be doing 140. Yeah, so that's a good average. point. That is a good yeah. So they don't use it. So they're they're basically calculating your speed by knowing the fixed distance between the two people and then yes, them clicking sir. the timer. What's that distance, Ben? It's 200 meters. Oh wow! From one person, yeah, to the other person, two hundred meters. Give me, give me wow. a, give That's... me a estimate. Give me a rough guess. How how quickly are those two hundred meters covered? I think it's about four seconds, three four seconds. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, I'm sure it's only three or four seconds. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I that that can't even be an easy job for the guy that's clicking the button. No, I mean, not. knowing when the hell he passes, there's got to even be some bias or error in, in that measurement. That's crazy to me. Yeah, that was one of the first things I thought of when they said, it. you know, it's done by a person, you know, people. 
just standing there clicking the button when it passes. I mean, because if you're looking up at the helicopter, how do you know you're looking at it directly in, in line with yourself mm-hmm. rather than slightly to the left or slightly to the right? You know, there has got to be some right. sort of error there. But Is there a rule for how low or how high you can perform the speed run? Like, does it have to be like, say, under 100 feet above the ground or do they not care? No, they do care. Uh, the FAI guidelines, I'm sure it's above five meters and below 30 meters. So when you start the run, you've got to be within that window. Wow. Above five meters, that's a little bit of a pucker factor for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you said that, I'm thinking, we're okay, so we're going to be pulling this thing down at 150 miles an hour and it's 15 feet off the deck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you don't typically see too though. many people blow. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. I God, I now I really want to. I can't. I want to see one of these things. Not video either, you know, because video never really. I mean, it's cool, right? But video never does it justice. Yeah, yeah. No? Oh, I, I just uh, can't imagine hearing something spin twenty six or twenty five hundred RPM at sixteen degrees of pitch. It's got to sound like it's ready to eat your lunch. Oh, we're going to hear it. Oh, yeah. I expect no less. Uh, no less. <laughs> I want, I demand entertainment. Uh-oh. <laughs> the expectations are mounting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it what friends are impressive. for, right? Yeah. What are, you, what are you, 22, you amateur? Crank it up. Crank it up. So Ben, are you gonna be are you gonna be competing at all with any of your helis this year? Whether it's like an amateur or I mean I don't know, do they have amateur versus pro or is it just all anyone that wants to fly speed can go to these competitions? Yeah, anyone that wants to fly. I mean, there's not really any competitions over here in the UK. There was one um, last year at HeliFest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that that only had a very small turnout, and you know I went there with the intent to compete, and in the end I didn't actually do it. Um, but in the UK, there's not actually uh, many competition or any com- any other competitions for speed flying. Um, they are all on the continent, you know, they're all in Europe. Um, again, Germany, you know, you've got the mm-hmm. Potting Speed yeah, that's, Cup. That's just like a day's drive for you, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Not even that. Day, day drive for ab- us is like going to the grocery store. What about Urcha Speed Cup? Have you been to one of those? I have not been to Urcha, no. No, it's too far away. A lot of money to go yeah. just to fly a helicopter. You know, I don't want to go outside of the M25 to fly a helicopter. <laughs> 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 you know why pay all that money to go and fly a helicopter when I can do it here? I just <laughs> can't really. You know, I've got a point. I've never heard anyone say it like that, <laughs> but that's fair. It is. It is. But you could win. You could like become like uh, the Urcha Speed Champion, man. Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, and joking aside, you know, I, I would love to go to Urcha one day. But you know, I've got, there's so many other commitments I've got with work and family oh. and whatnot. It's, you, know, you can't just take a week out here to go and fly helis. Um, you know, when you've got to consider everything else. So, I mean, that's my main reason for not going here, there, and everywhere is is work and, and family. You know. Yeah. Definitely a yeah. commitment there. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. get it. Well, I these guys get it. 
I don't have the whole family thing. That's not my thing. That's okay. <laughs> you still get it, Dan. <laughs> I still get yeah. it. I empathize. I do. I get it, but I don't follow it. I think this is really cool, I and I hope that it... Yes, you you yeah. definitely have my attention, and now I'm probably going to go crash something <laughs> uh, trying this. Yeah. Trying to do oh, a left stall turn. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, off my uh, left shoulder at, at 16 degrees of pitch with my Castle 120. So it's gonna oh, be. Oh, dude, a, you won't you won't get to the bottom of the of the stall turn. The castle one twenty is gonna go up in flames. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be like a, a smoke flying bomb. ball of fire. <laughs> exactly. Just like you for us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and awesome. I, you, you know, I I think you should ignore that that five meter limit. I think for you, Nick, it should be one between one meter and um, I don't know. Four meters. It has to be. Yeah, see how far that. you can slide inverted. It. You know, when the grass is kind of wet, just set it down and slide it at one hundred and fifty miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't even know what that means. You could dig a trench. Remember that picture we saw? That rock that rolled down that hill in Italy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Leave a big trench all the way down the hill. Where do you see the speed arena going in the next year? You know, kind of, just give us one of your personal predictions. I mean, what? What's the next step here? What's what's uh, the fastest growing part? Is it aerodynamics and fuselage? Is it power systems? What do you think? I would say it's fuselages because um, obviously you've got the power systems. You know they're getting bigger and more powerful all the time um, for for any type of flying. You know for three D and for speed. You know so um, for the speed, I think it needs to be. The fuselages, you know, they need to to get there. Or, well, they are there, but I think that's going to be, you're going to get more of them coming out now, I think. You know, I think more people are going to jump on it. You're going to see more helis, more manufacturers come out with a speed heli, you know, so we're going to see more of these fuselages come out. So I think that's where it's, um, I think that's where we're going to see this year, the changes, you know, because we've already got the big powerful motors We've got the big ESCs, you know. Um, well, another thing is blades, you know. We've not mentioned blades. Um, they play a huge part in it as well. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, there's only really a few blades out there that are good for speed. And there's only really, excluding the SAB blades that they've just chucked in with the speed goblin, there's only really one blade manufacturer that does speed blades, and that's the X-Blades from Freakware in Germany. I don't know of any oh, other... Okay. Yeah, I don't know of any other actual speed blade manufacturer out there. What makes a speed blade? Is it is it heavier than a regular 3D yes. blade? Lighter? Heavier? That is heavier, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, these, these X-Blades, they're 234 grams each, and the center of gravity is a lot more towards the end of the blade and to the, and to the um, leading edge. Because you're mm-hmm. looking for stability in that high speed. Oh, of course, yes. That's extremely yep. important. Hmm. What about the tips? Are the tips the standard constant cord length, or do they taper or anything? On the X-Blades, they taper. Um, okay. Yeah, they do taper in at the end there. So, yeah, that, it's very similar to like the, the Rototech design. Like yeah, the yeah. Edge or the blades. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, okay. 
It's not going to smell. It what, could be blinds. What's the best, uh, you know, if someone just average Joe Schmo wanted to start messing around with it, you know, just practicing on, uh, let's say he doesn't have a speed heli yet, but he does want to practice and see if it's something he wants to try. Uh, what would be the best blade out there on the market that he could easily get, you know, buy at any one of the hobby shops or whatever? Radix. Radix 710s. Radix 710s. Yeah. Like the the fly barless or? Yes, the fly barless ones, yeah. Version yeah, 1 or blade. version 2? Uh, I've never used the version 2 myself, only the version 1. Um, so okay. I imagine the version 2 is just as every bit as good. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know for everyone. Cause I mean, it's, that could be the difference of, you know, someone getting into eventually getting into it and not because blades fly so different. Holy cow. It oh, can make yeah. or break it. Well, yeah. If you, if you haven't got the right blade on there, you'll end up getting a, a massive pitch up in flight. You know, if the blade's too light or the center of gravity is not right. Yeah. You, you need the right blade for it. Well, Ben, I, I, you know, I thank you for coming on and, and kind of helping us understand a little more about these speed helis. Uh, Justin, uh, in particular, needed a little crash course. You know, he's going to be looking at, uh, <laughs> at one of these gobbler, wobbling goblin <laughs> speeds. I do want to know, though, if any of our listeners have any particular questions they might want to ask you. Maybe there's something we didn't cover that they're screaming at us right now saying, why the hell didn't you? You know, well, you have an email address they could reach you at. Maybe they could send you an email. Yeah, of course. Um, you can email me at ben.varley at contronic.com. Uh, you know, I can answer any questions people have got there. Or I'm on all the forums as well. You know, a lot of people know me on the forums. You can get me on there. As? Jamming 00. All right. Cool. Gotcha. Well, man, you know, I know it's, uh, it's quite a, you know, quite a commitment for you to wake up at... Uh, the early dawn to come on. We sure do appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah sure. Come on. Maybe next time I'll be a bit more awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Just stay up all night, man. That's yeah, I think I'll have to. <laughs> I'm going back to bed in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, Ben. Well, thanks for hanging out, man. We're going to let you go so you can uh, go get some of that uh, much-needed beauty sleep. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. I went down there. All right. <laughs> thanks for thanks right, for hanging thanks, out. Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, bye. Hey, Nick, those custom charging cases you've been putting together lately are awesome. But what would I do if I thought that was all a little bit too far over my head? Ah, oh, man, I got you. You're going to want to head over to Progressive RC and check out their charging case combos. These bad boys are ready to go right out of the box. And if you change your mind and end up feeling a little bit adventurous, Progressive also has all the accessories needed to build one yourself. Sweet, man. I'm going to head over to www.progressiverc.com today to check out my options. That's Ben. Ben from the UK. Thank you, Ben. It's awesome. I learned a lot. That, that yeah, great. that's exactly learn. what we were looking for. <laughs> I'm very interested and intrigued now. <laughs> I had no idea. And the worst part is, is now I have to go pull that HV80 off of my freaking speed heli I was building. Yep, this is bull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just 
<laughs> I was just going to use that 100 amp BSC from uh, nah, you can just the, the low voltage one, right, Dan? Yep, yep. Yep. Nick, just put a bigger heat sink on there. You'll be fine. Yeah. I'll put a big fan. I'll put a turbulator yeah. fan on the There front you go. Yeah, there you go. Put a few more caps on it. You'll be good. You'll be all right. Yep. You'll be all right. Uh, no, it was a great interview. And, and dude, thanks for coming and hanging out. And, um, you know, it's always always a lot of fun to get, the, get you know, guys from the UK or anywhere for that matter that can kind of enlighten us on stuff like that. Uh, look forward to having him on again for sure. Absolutely. That's great. You know, we we kind of went over. We didn't really. You know, this is big news. We we there's been some big advancements or advancements. Not the right word. Uh, announcements. That's the word I'm looking for, right? I'd go yep. with both personally. <laughs> yeah. As a result of some big announcements, we were forced to have some big advancements. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I there's one thing that I just can't stress enough. And it's it's so important, I know, to all four of us that all of our listeners know how much we appreciate the work that Larry Kagan puts into our webpage. Uh, dude, the oh, guy man. is a freaking Superman, dude. It, it's, you know, it's it's a behind-the-scenes thing. No one... No one gets to see it happening except for us in real time. And, you know... It's important for us to express to, to Larry our gratitude in any way, shape that we can. And especially this past week, you know, um, we mentioned the the citizen registration, uh, the, the idea that Nick came up with. Um, and Once again, Nick, <laughs> Nick's great idea. So <laughs> this, first, first of all, in, in this Kind of leads into where Larry came into, you know, came in to save the day yet again, as I'm sure he will do many more times in the future. We kind of underestimated um, how this was going to go over. You know, we we suspected that there were, you know, the, the absolute faithful listeners that just, you know, wait patiently every Monday to to, to get the download. We kind of suspected that those those guys would would uh, be excited about this, and, and they were, and that's great. But we we just weren't prepared, I don't think. And uh, f- well, for the overall I know response, we weren't prepared. We, weren't. Yeah. And, we were absolutely <laughs> we were. unprepared we're for how incredibly badass you guys are. It's it's huge. And here's the deal: we you know, we really pissed off our our, our provider. Uh, apparently, we um, sucked up a big portion of their shared server um to the point where they were like um do something about this well first they shut us down yeah uh yeah. larry came in and we worked. put the picture up on facebook <laughs> i put the picture up on facebook and 10 minutes later our website crashed yeah and yeah. um <laughs> so larry saves Magic. the day and gets us back online we had to make pretty much a very quick unplanned decision um to upgrade our hosting and and you know there are several options available and those of you who know about the internet stuff and i am certainly not one of those people uh it's not a cheap thing i mean you can really spend a lot of money and not on on not only the money there's the technical side of it because when you do get a dedicated or a virtual dedicated server you know 
you control the server. You have to load the software. You have to do it all. And that's way above all four of our pay grade. You know, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's technical shit. And, um, this is where Larry came, I, came in. He just, I offered to like put time machine on him <laughs> and try and use that, but apparently that's not going to cut that's it. Not, so not going to cut it. So Larry saves the day. I mean, he jumped on this immediately. He, he took time out of his current, you know, where his current, like money making where he makes <laughs> real jobs. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a professional and that's what he has to do to put food on the table. And he exactly. didn't do that. He and did he, this. He completely stepped up because he knows the importance of, of this, you know, getting uh, the show out because this all happened on a Monday. And that's of course when we released the show and, and he, he knew our anxiety and he relieved it. I mean, he just took it. And ran with it, and uh, found uh, uh, a hosting service which he was comfortable with. And twenty four hours later, we're moved over to, to a new server. And thank you, dude, because that's huge. That's that's a huge thing. He just doesn't, you know. He's he's our CHN people. I mean, he yeah. really is. Or the, I've been there at that 2, 3 o'clock in the morning where you just barely keep your eyes open, but you're in your groove, and you're, and you're you know, you're, you're feeling it, so you roll with it. Like, I get that. That's my kind of people, and I, he did that exact thing. I mean, when you start getting message where it's like, okay, need to take a couple hours break, getting delusional. <laughs> dude, yeah. put the keyboard down. I or mean, messages really. like, dude, I'm really into this. I, I can't. I can't stop. I just need to keep fixing shit. And and well, we're looking at each You've other been like doing it for wait, two days. What Quit. dude? <laughs> you you want to keep fixing stuff? <laughs> yeah. The the simple matter of the fact is, you know, you, you the listeners, you guys, you hear us for uh weekly and uh, you know, the one thing that that I definitely and I'm sure the guys would agree um, you know, guys like Larry and Dieter and these other guys, but this this week was Larry. I mean, it was all about Larry. But I don't, I don't, you know, uh, I don't want to leave anybody out. But the simple matter of the fact is, there are people who you never hear from that, without their assistance, we wouldn't be here. I mean, and that's just no. simply what it yep. boils down to. So these guys are the members of the podcast that help us do what we do every week that you never get to hear from. Um, I do know that we had a number of listeners get in touch with Larry. I saw a bunch of them talking to him on our, our homepage and thank you for taking the time to thank Larry for what he's done because it's, it's big and he needs, I know he knows, but, and we could say it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But it's not, it, it's, it, we feel like it's not enough. Uh, yeah. So, dude, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to, don't know what, but we're going to come up with something because <laughs> uh, we owe you. Thank you. Oh, that's, yes. That's what, it, that's all it boils down to. So that was fantastic. Now, moving on to the, the, the citizen registration thing. Wow. Wow. You, we have got some of the yeah, best buddy. listeners. I, yeah. I, I just, off the freaking charts, dude. I could have never predicted that. I don't think any of us did. 
I mean, no, yeah. we got listeners making shirts with their citizen numbers. I don't really do the forums anymore because I've been uninvited. I'm not a big fan of Runwriter's site, but I'm sure those signatures are starting to show up in people's forums. Yes, they are, because I do. Yeah, I'll yep. be looking. You know, we got... I'm a creeper. <laughs> we, <laughs> we got Courtney um, making uh, decals for us. Uh, it's just fantastic. I mean, it's uh, the response is um, way more than I know I envisioned it would be, and I'm I'm sure you guys feel pretty similar. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Yep. And what we are going to get to do <laughs> oh, yeah, as a result of that. Going to be big. Yeah, we've got You guys will on. get it back. That's the whole point. Yep. Yeah. And it's like we do this. It works. This is an opportunity for us to give back and give back big. And that's just, I mean, that's the that's kind of the name of the game. Yep. Yep. It's, it's great. And it, it, the thing about this... That is really cool is, um, you know, this allows us to, the, the possibilities of what we can do now that that members of the nation have a number that we can easily just come up with. I mean, we can, there's so many things that we can do. Um, mm-hmm. I get giddy thinking about some of the cool things that we're going to be able to do with these numbers. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. So yeah. thank you guys and for you, jumping on that. That's great. You know, kind of kind of along that same lines of us, you know, that giving us the ability to give back. Um, this is the uh, time of the year where um, I, I, I don't want to use the word unfortunately, but because it is a part of it, uh, we have uh, we are very fortunate to work with some really, really cool companies. And these companies support the podcast. I mean, when it all comes down to it, it, it's servers and and hosting and audio equipment. And it's it's just a huge pain. Unfortunately, it does require finances. And, you know, these companies are the ones that help make that happen. You know, those those commercials in there, they help us be able to give to you. So I am very, very excited. Uh, Jen's Ace, thank you. You know, you hear us talk about them. A, it, it's kind of a little bit of a weird deal with them because, I mean, we really believe in the batteries anyway. <laughs> we were Reg- flying regardless. before. <laughs> yeah, long before. Uh, but it is important, you know, to us, and, and we think it's really cool, and we really appreciate that they do support RC Heli Nation. Um, so, you know, d- take that into consideration. I'm not telling you, you they're the greatest batteries in the whole entire world. I'm not going to tell you that. But what I am going to tell you is that they believe in us, and that's important to us. I couldn't be any happier to announce Blade Helicopters. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, they are going to, they have hopped on board with us for 2014. I totally know these guys know how to make stuff happen. And I think that's where we really, we see eye to eye. They, they see us and it's like, all right, yeah, you guys are pushing. You guys want the top. And that's what they want. And, you know, again, they're the way that they have dealt customer service. And it's just all very important to us. And we couldn't be any happier um, to, to be able to work with them. We have a couple other ones that uh, we'll be announcing here shortly. But 
you know, this this year for us, 2014, is going to be the ability for us to give back to all of the awesome, awesome, awesome listeners that we have. And working with these companies gives us that ability that, you know, you guys just keep you guys keep giving to us and we're just like, ah, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to keep throwing it back. And, and luckily, um, they're they're on board. Same thing. KDE. Awesome. Local to us, which, you know, hits home big time. Anytime, you know, you always try and support your local people. But Patrick at KDE and Leslie, they have been huge supporters of the podcast and really believe in what we believe in and, you know, the straight and the narrow and, and just calling it real how it is. And, and we really appreciate that. So thank you to all of those. And and just, you know, we're, we're not... I'll, I'll be honest. We're not trying to pimp their stuff or pimp them or anything like that. But anytime that you have people that support your cause and what you believe is a good cause and giving back, then, you know, we ask that you take them into consideration uh, when, when you're buying stuff, too, because they do support us. So that's all. Just spread the love to all the goodness. It's nice to know that our listeners support those that support the nation. And I just think that these guys do believe in what we're doing. We love working with them and, and they're all respectable and, uh, you know, vendors, uh, manufacturers, and they all build quality products that we enjoy. We wouldn't have it any other way. We do have, uh, some shirts left. Uh, if you do want to get a shirt, uh, long sleeve shirt, pretty much all I have left now are extra large two XL and a couple 3XLs. So also to the hats weekly. And we have a few more things in the works too there uh, that we'll probably be, we're going to, well, we kind of talked, we'll be mentioning them soon, hopefully. Uh, just some more ideas that we're, we're working on. But uh, yeah. Never ends. Yeah, there's always <laughs> there's always something else. Just as I'm sitting there, you know, making that Facebook post, like completely burnt, totally exhausted, need to take a couple days off, have nothing left, no fuel in the tank, running on fumes. Hey, what do you guys think about this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, let's uh, let's remind our listeners, um, we do have a fun flag coming up. Yes, we We do. do. Yeah. You got to mark this one on your calendars. Um you know, it's a unique experience. It's a fun fly, but it's a unique. We, we it's a unique fun fly, right? We we feel it is. I mean, we had a great time last year. Yeah. Everybody, even the guys that have been to a lot of the fun flies in the Northwest, guys that we completely respect and 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 thoroughly enjoy hanging out with, it was a real pleasure to see these guys come out into the into the flight line when we're doing some silly little event like the bottle knock and just everybody laughing everybody there was nobody sitting in the pits everybody was out there cannot wait to do that again make your plans oh. now june 26th to the 29th i've already gotten several private messages from listeners who aren't in the pacific northwest saying i'm going to be there so yeah I had a listener from the UK get in touch with me, ask me to kind of help him source out uh, locations for hotels. And which reminds me, yeah. guys, it's been brought to our attention. I think we've mentioned this before. 
there's some some big event happening in Spokane that same weekend, which means mm-hmm. uh, you know there's a shit ton of hotels in Spokane, but you know you should you should definitely take a close look at that. Uh, it might be a little tough last minute to get a hotel there. Something to consider. Make your plans, mark your calendars, and show up because we're gonna have first and foremost a ton of chili. 12, 12 <laughs> gallons of chili, man. I swear to God, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, and a ton of hot apple pie. Yes. Always. Ugh. Always. I know, Phil, he um, he gets in touch with me or asks me before all the fun flies, do you think I should bring some hot apple pie? I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Well, and other people have jumped <laughs> on board, too. I think Dieter brought some last time as well, didn't he? I think he and Phil, yeah. I think he and Phil concoct that in Dieter's kitchen. The night before. And then they, someone mixed it with the fireball, like hot cinnamon whiskey. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it really needs. <laughs> yeah. It needs more liquor, right? <laughs> Just raise uh, alcohol. That's exactly percentage. what it we, needs. Uh, I, I, I had a listener, John, you know who you are, send me a private message today and said he's coming to the fun fly. He thinks he's going to try to make it and he's going to take the hot apple pie challenge. Oh, oh, dude. Dude. oh yeah. You're going to lose. <laughs> and, and, and here's the deal. Not only will you lose, but you're going to hear about it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I know from experience. Justin knows from experience. Jesse knows from experience. From, from secondhand experience. I wasn't there. I mean... <laughs> Maybe physically, uh, yeah. but not mentally. The only one of us four who don't really, well, personal experience. I mean, he got to witness it, but he's yet to experience it. Is Nick? Right. We're gonna, we will get Nick one of these days. I don't know what. I mean, if we, and, if, and it's not if we've got a roofie your ass, we're gonna <laughs> no. get you. I don't know. Do you really want to? You want to rethink that statement? That just this yes. got real. How about just if we want a roofie you? Please don't roofie my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to make intro. sure that the mind portion of me is out of it if you're going to do that. <laughs> and please don't leave any DNA. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was too now far. you know too we've far. been recording too, too long. <laughs> too far. Okay, it is getting late. But uh, what can I say? We have fun doing this. Um, Facebook is growing 3,150 or something like that. Thank you for that support. Also, too, you got to go to the new webpage. It is a shit ton faster. It is. It really is. Yeah. And also, too, what I've noticed, some of the features that we used to have and magically disappeared, they're back. Uh, It's really kind of neat. It's not a big deal, but... You know, when we first built the page, you could see who was in the chat room, and and that way you knew if you knew somebody, you could just start chatting to them. That went away unexplainably somehow. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know what but that was all about. I think, I think, uh, I think our host service got in there and turned it off. I, I, I don't know if they could do that, but it just shut down one day. I don't know why it did, but we got it onto the new server, and all of a sudden, voila, it's working again. So. Kind of going back to what Larry had done, uh, you know, the the cool thing about this move, this migration, is nothing has changed. Your your RSS feeds, everything remains the same, and uh, it's flawless. It was seamless, and that's the way we like it. So nothing, you don't have to worry about losing your iTunes subscriptions or 
or your other podcatcher uh, subscriptions. So all that's going to be seamless. I uh, I think that's about it, guys, other than uh, letting everybody know how they can get in touch with us. Nick, how, how would I do that if I needed to send you an email or some hate mail for whatever reason? Many. Many. <laughs> probably. Uh, you would. Yep, just pick one. <laughs> um, you would send me an email to nick at rchelynation.com. Jesse, if I wanted to send you an email? Uh, you could send me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com. Justin. You, you could send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone playing a beatbox in the background there? What's going on? <laughs> Someone's phone must have rang. Uh, no, no, it was. I was double checking to make sure that we didn't miss anything, <laughs> and I think I am. Just my hands getting tired, and everything's tired, and I drug across like some weird advertisement, and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just getting a dance party going here. No, no dance party. <laughs> Change the format to a dance party show. So anyway, as as you were saying before you were rudely yeah. interrupted, Justin. If you wanted to get in touch with me, you could send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com. How about you, Jesse? Uh, you could send me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com. I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com or Dan Kirin on the forums. Um, one thing I want to mention, for those of you who send me PMs on the webpage, on the forum, our forum, I will eventually get to those, but for whatever reason, I seem to overlook those quite often. Notice that I get PMs that haven't been answered for two weeks. Uh, I do apologize for that, but to be honest with you, if you want to send me anything email-wise or written-wise, it's going to get to me better, quicker if you uh, email that to me. If you happen to be on the webpage, uh, on the forum, or on the uh, chat, on the front page, and you see Larry's there, give him a high five, virtual high five as it were. And uh, give him a big thanks for all the work he's been doing for us. I think that's about it, guys. This has been episode 123. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, and we will see you next Monday. Adios. Have a great week, guys. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you in part by Heli Pros, KDE Direct, progressive rc and jen's ace batteries we thank you for listening and if you have any questions comments or suggestions please feel free to send us an email